Okay, we're going to start delivering dog turds to his house. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, April 4th, 2019. This is your award-winning Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1126. This is No Agenda. Celebrating our intersectionality and broadcasting live from the capital of the drone, Star State, here in downtown Austin, Tejas, in the Cludio, in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're doing a pre-Zephyr show, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Did you give me a woo? Listen to that horn. Yeah, in the morning to you. Uh, In the morning to you. In the morning to all ships at sea. Yes. So did you bring your AARP card to the show? Tomorrow's my uh, birthday. <laughs> I know, but in anticipation, because today on the show you They've get... They've been sending me those cards since I was 50. <sighs> today on the show you get a free serving of waffles if you bring your card. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're trying to hook me too. I'm feeling pretty bad. Yes, yeah, tomorrow, 67. Holy moly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Can I ask you... I think I ask you this every year. So I'm going to ask it again. Does it suck? Well, I wouldn't say that it sucks. It's just that uh, there are there are downsides to it. Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe physical. Everything's oh, no, slow. No, it's not no? that even. Oh, okay. What's the downside? Eh, you know, it's just downside. It's just hard to explain. Okay. For the most part, it's fine because you get you're smarter. You get stuff done. You can berate people because they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> as you get older, you and, don't know what you're talking about, and you also don't care what they think of you. Oh yes, well that's the best part. Yeah, see you you but infected me with that bug model all along. So it's like I've I've kind of built up to the point where they don't you know I don't care what they think and they don't care. <laughs> what they think either it's like yeah this guy's just who gives a crap the guy should have been retired years ago yeah you kind of infected me with that when we started the show it took, took me a, took me a long time to figure it out it's like it what because you can be um direct maybe that's it's like a best. new yorker no just di- no 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 direct we are like wow and then it's over and then you move on to the next thing yeah it's a time hmm. saver anyways um did you have interaction with human beings this uh, the past uh, couple of days? Uh, let's say I went to the store, I think. <laughs> I mean, human beings you know and trust. A couple of days ago. <laughs> Why? What are they up to? Well, because I, I want to know also from the troll room, how many times in conversation did you say to your friend or your partner or your spouse? That's true. And that's this, true. That's true. It is that's true. It, it, it's stuck in my head. Tina and I are doing it all the time. That's true. That's true. Well, I hear, I'm starting to hear Trump say it. <laughs> I'm hearing people on the uh, newscast say it. Yeah, this is, it's, Apparently, people say that a lot. Yeah, they that's don't true. quite say it like, like the expert does. That's true. Yeah. With a with little singy-songy thing at the end of it. Ooh, yeah. You can, you can also, um, I tweeted it today. I learned this from Tina. You put a little musical note in front and, and, and after the that's true, and that accentuates it even more. Well, give me an example. Well, you—that's a—it's an—it's an emoji. You do the music note. Oh, the mu- oh, the emoji. <laughs> you do the music oh, note yeah, emoji. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, that would work. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I have to try and wean myself off of that now. But whenever yeah, you, you definitely, whenever definitely, you hear, definitely. whenever you hear the words, that's true. You'll be thinking of no agenda. 
There's not much you can do about it. No. Okay. It's our latest and greatest. So it's, there's a lot, I got a lot of stuff today. You had more clips than usual as well. Oh, I had, yeah, but a lot of them are, are, are pulls, the, you know, uh, clips of clips. There are a lot of uh, ISOs. I got a lot of ISOs because there's some gems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you want to start it is, you know, there was this uh, couple of scandals, you know, phony scandals. And <clears throat> now the New York Times just came up with an article saying that they, that, uh, the guy, uh, Barr, Bill Barr, whatever his name is. Yes, uh, the attorney general. Attorney general. He mis- is misleading the country, and the, <laughs> the report is going to be damning. Yes. <laughs> and who's who do they get this from? Unspecified sources. 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 <laughs> and so it's like, what? What? Are you guys never going to give up on this? No, they're not going to give up. They, they've, it's, a, it's a blood oath. Well, actually, let me let me play the uh, this circulated on social media. It's 20 seconds. Uh, Jake Tapper of CNN. So now, well, as usual, you take the president at his word in his tweets. He wants it released, but I'm not sure what you're saying. The media got wrong, but the media reported what, what the investigation was going on. The, I, other than the people in the media on the left, not on this network. I don't know anybody who got anything wrong. We didn't say that there was conspiracy. We said the Mueller was investigating conspiracy. What? <laughs> wow. You know, and Jake Tapper himself may actually be true. He's pretty straight laced, that guy. Maybe him. But, but everybody else is off the deep end. But to say CNN uh, didn't do that, please, please. So let's take a look. There was an oversight committee meeting that was funny, uh, and it got all. Oh, this is the one away. for the for the amendment. Yeah, for- I, I I watched that, and it was just it got boring. In fact, it was so boring. At the end of everyone's little statement, they would say, "I move to strike the last word." Yeah, I don't get that. Oh, I had to look it up. It's what does a, it mean? And it's a procedural trick since each side only gets five minutes. Um. You don't actually yield your time, and if you, by it's a, it's a it's a trick by saying uh, move to strike the last line, then the clock is not you know it's not added to the clock, and you can just keep talking. And that's why you know with something that should last ten minutes, five minutes for each side lasted you know an hour and a half. Well, I do have some some sub clips of the whole thing that are worth listening to. Not, some of them are longer than others. There's not. There's only one real long one, which is definitely worth listening to, which is uh, core a- AOC rambling on about God knows what. Well, this is interesting. Again, I'm the one that introduced us to AOC, said keep an eye on her, and you scoffed and guffawed and laughed. I still and, do, yeah, because she's and, an idiot. Yeah, okay, well then... <laughs> Whatever it, dealers. Well, you choice. want to listen to her clip first? We can start no, no, off no, with no, no. I, I was all ready for the for the subcommittee. Well, let's go AOC oversight comments. Okay, so there's two things, and one of them was this woman. The main one that everyone's bitching and moaning about is this woman was called in on Saturday morning. Nobody knew about it, and they couldn't get to the meeting. And she's the one of the women that works on security clearances, and she's made a big stink about the fact that. Um, they're not doing them right, and, and Trump is overriding. overriding them. Yes, wasn't this a whistleblower? Yeah. This she was a whistleblower. Is what she's I supposedly heard. a whistleblower, but she she's not blowing the whistle on anything illegal. She's blowing on a pro. This is blowing the whistle on a process issue, and I think it's legitimate. 
but it's not it's not the end of the world legitimate. But so they had a big stink about it. And here I want to play this. Clip. Let's go go to Jordan. This is jo- it says Joran on here makes a fuss on the about the oversight. Committee. Ten days ago on a Saturday, you scheduled a transcribed interview with Miss Newbold on a Saturday and didn't tell the Republicans until the day before. Three thirty the day before you schedule a eight thirty a.m. interview for the very next day at the organizational meeting of this committee. You pledged you would not do that. You said closed door testimony would be done so that members could attend. But you pick a Saturday on a week we're not even in session and tell us the day before. (laughs) And then yesterday, yesterday, you issue a press release, handpicked, cherry picked parts of her testimony, Miss Newbold's testimony. And you issue a big memo and a big press release after interviewing one witness. That's how we're going to do investigations in the oversight committee. Hell yeah. Talk to one person. And then issue a big press statement so you can get some headlines. First, a Saturday deposition. Then yesterday, a press release after talking to just one witness where you handpick a few parts of her testimony. And now today, now today, we're going to subpoena a guy who just sent us a letter saying he's willing to come here voluntarily. I've been on this committee 10 years. I've never seen anything like this. Please. Never seen anything like this. (laughs) I haven't. You've done it. I haven't. (laughs) I'll tell you what else I've never seen. I tell you what else I've never seen. I've never seen a witness come in front of this committee and lie to us seven times and us not as a committee do something about it. On behalf of the American people, we're very tired of this. This is just these guys. Jordan's grandstanding, but everybody is. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Do. The whole thing is like, I think they, we figured it out by now. And so. But they come up with the damnedest stuff. It's really interesting if you just kind of break it down. For example, this is Jackie Spear, and this is not her whole thing. Everyone took their full three to five minutes. I think it was five minutes they were allowed, or at least three, but I think it was five in this case. But just a a minute of Jackie Spear. There's a very interesting logic in here where she goes on and on about something that apparently didn't even happen, according to Jordan, uh, it was had to do with a janitor who was get, supposedly a janitor, <clears throat> just some j- random janitor was giving us giving us a security clearance by Trump, uh, <laughs> supposedly. But it, Jordan says it's never happened, and you can hear him in there bitching about it. But here, because they don't like to be <clears throat> kibitzing, but they do it as you just heard with uh, Cummings kibitzing with J- when Jordan was talking. You did it. This is Jackie Spear, and she knows <clears throat> that her only hope to bring some sanity back to this process is to bring it to Congress. And finally, the ranking member had talked about the janitor whose clearance was uh, suggested to not be um, provided, and he was mocking, why would we be concerned about that? Well, Mr. Jordan, the reason why we're concerned about persons who are at low-level positions is because oftentimes they are ripe to be bribed. I didn't talk about that. And the intelligence community in the United States and across the world focuses in on people who are in need of financial resources as potential assets. So you bet we should be concerned about everyone who works in the White House who, after being reviewed for a national security clearance, is recommended not to get one, you bet we want to know why. You bet we want to know that there is some justification for it. And if there isn't, they shouldn't be working in the White House or anywhere else. That's right, Nancy Drew. 
But wait, you missed a point there. Right else. If you don't have a security clearance, you shouldn't be working in the White House or anywhere else. Yeah, anywhere. Some yeah, justification for it. And if there no. isn't, they shouldn't be working in the White House or anywhere else. <laughs> so they shouldn't be working anywhere. Huh. What is she saying? <laughs> okay, well, so she's an idiot. Now let's move on to the one that I really wanted to clip. And I've got two ISOs out of it, including a deconstructed ISO. So I got three ISOs because they're so funny. This is AOC. And the funny thing about her, because Ro Khan and some of these other people are on this committee, and and you have to listen very carefully at the end, by the way. Uh, there's all these different uh, justice Democrats on this committee. Mm-hmm. They all got put there for some reason. And, well, remember, they, they buy their way in. You have to have money. That's well, how you yes, get on the but committee. They, you still have to have the, the assignment still has to be doled out by, by Nancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And she said, how much money you got? Well, there's that element. <laughs> so anyway, so she's on this and she always feels like putting in her two cents, even if she has, because they give her a script and she kind of reads from it for a while. And then she kind of wanders off of it. And then it, it sounds like she's insane because the script is always pre-written before the conversation begins. And so they never can really give her the exact right script. And I don't think I think they do send some – I think there is Wi-Fi. I'm not sure in some of these committee meetings because I think they're – because she's reading off her computer screen, so it's mm-hmm. possible. But mm-hmm. here she goes off well, the deep end with just blabbling on about nothing. Now, I'm going to listen to this in the following manner, knowing that she it has a script, and when she goes off script, that's when it gets fun for us. At the same time, give her a couple of years. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I think it's important that we refocus on what is at stake here in this uh, investigation, in this matter. We are getting reports from the press and from a, a wide variety of sources that indicate that you know, that that people are, you know, folks are suggesting that we are conducting foreign relations with folks with security clearances via WhatsApp. <laughs> I mean, every day that we go on without getting to the bottom of this matter is a day that we are putting hundreds, if not potentially thousands of Americans at risk. I mean, Really, what is next? Putting nuclear codes in Instagram DMs? This is ridiculous. We need to get to the bottom of this. And in order to do that, we have to issue subpoenas because people in this administration... By the way, that was well written. I think that's a good one. The nuclear codes in an Instagram DM? Yeah, it's well written, but who's the audience? It's sure not those guys sitting in that room. They don't oh, even know no. what an Instagram no, no, no. DM is. Well, we know what these hearings are for. They're all about the soundbite. She's there. Well, the she's, sound, a, she's got plenty of them in here. She's a soundbite missile. Are not cooperating. And every day that there is an insecure line of communication that could be leaked, that could be hacked, that could be screenshotted without, with, without our uh, proper channels is a day that we are putting our national security at risk. So the reason why we have to conduct and, and have these accommodations is because we are a committee that is committed to protecting whistleblowers. And I do have to commend uh, the ranking member and, and to see the coordination between the ranking member and the chair in a commitment to whistleblowers, not just in respecting them, but in protecting them. You know, in, in hindsight, and I, I just have to interrupt here. Um, 
the news of the whistleblower came so fast and furious. I feel it was, you know, it was a lot of coordination going on. It hit the news, whistleblower this, every channel, whistleblower, whistleblower. You know, usually that takes a little bit before you have... Yeah, this is, this is something scamish about this whole thing, yeah. whistleblower. And all this high and mighty, oh, we produce whistleblower. Well, they said that the Thomas Drake and, and Binny, these guys that yeah, were... That, those are whistleblowers. whistleblowers. Yeah, those are whistleblowers. Exactly. Those guys got the guns pointed at their heads yeah. by the FBI. What kind of protection did they get? None? No is really admirable and important. And I wanted to note that because um, because this is it, this is what protecting whistleblowers looks like <laughs> when they need a certain accommodation because they, are, they fear retaliation. We have to make accommodations. This committee in particular, as the oversight committee in the House of Representatives, we have a unique responsibility to protect those that have the courage to come out and say when something is wrong, regardless of the administration. Very good. She's good, John. This is this is good. Even in prior administrations, it you know, um, it doesn't matter the party when something is going wrong in government, when there is overreach, when there is an abuse or or a misconduct of process. We have an obligation to see and investigate it out. And so, I it is so serious, especially as a New Yorker, especially as as. Anyone who cares about the security of what happens on American soil, every day that we have uh, an insecure line of communication, we have a responsibility to investigate it and to make sure that that is uh, that 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 we get to the bottom of it. So I I just needed to to put that note in, and I yield Would the right to yield? the chair. Yes. Uh, I just want to just uh, just add on to what you have said. First, first of all, thank you for your. Courage. You're very uh, eloquent comments. Uh, eloquent, which means you're a well-spoken black person. Lowell's Cummings is the black guy. He can I, say whatever he I wants. Know. I know he can say whatever he wants. But eloquent, uh, she's good. She's stammer. She's, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She says violation of process in some awkward way. She's talking about Instagram. It's got nothing to do with anything and WhatsApp, I mean, whatever else it was, it's 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 ludicrous. L- listen, to, here's a couple. Look, I took some some potential end of show uh, <laughs> ISOs. ISOs from right. <laughs> okay, let's play ISO one. We are conducting foreign relations with folks with security clearances via WhatsApp. Yeah, that's the soundbite, but it's too long for end of show ISO. Social secure. Well, here's the short one then. Number two. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I like now, that. Then, now I got this other one. This is her part of her the statement that needs deconstruction. If you listen to it carefully, it's just again some it's moronic commentary. And every day that there is an insecure line of communication that could be leaked, that could be hacked, that could be screenshotted without with without our uh, proper channels, is a day that we are putting our national security at risk. Hold on, I want to hear it again. Screen wait, screenshotted without proper channels. Let me just hear it. What does that mean? <laughs> Let me just hear it again. And every day that there is an insecure line of communication that could be leaked, that could be hacked, that could be screenshotted without with without our uh, proper channels is a day that we. Ah, I know what's happening there. Uh, this was a script with an ad lib. She insert inserted her own ad lib about the uh, screen. So if you listen, it's a full sentence. When she goes off about screenshotting, just remove that, and then you can hear the script uh, come to the top. And every 
every day that there is an insecure line of communication that could be leaked, that could be hacked, that could be screenshotted without with without our uh, proper channels is a day that we are putting our national security at risk. Really, the without proper channels should have been moved forward. She just threw some words in there and she tripped up. That's what's happening. I think that's very that's very simple. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with your theory versus mine with this woman. If she even gets reelected, um, she said, is that I believe that dumb is dumb. You mean you can't and fix you stupid? You believe that you can't, you can't fix stupid. Yes. You don't believe that with her. You think that she's a potentially some sort of a g- bartending genius. No, I who will to emerge mm. as, as, as a, as a force. It may as a force of the Democrat Party. Now, can I? I, I just don't see it. Can Can't I, fix stupid is exactly right. I don't think she's stupid. I don't think she's dumb. I think she is a soundbite missile. And she is a very, very effective tool. And I will put. I think my, you got the tool part right. Yeah. But I, you know, we've had a lot of presidents who are tools. And I'm not saying she's, she'll be president, but she, she is very effective right now. And she does something interesting, which is she gets your goat. She only gets my goat because it works in, within the show structure and that you think that she's just fabulous. And it just irks me to know. Sorry, it. I didn't say. She, I never said there. she was fabulous. I didn't say that. But now that you mention it, yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. I think she's a, she's a joy to watch. She is joy to watch. She is, she ve- is a joy to watch. I give she you that. She is very well trained. She is no. Yes. Yeah. She. But she's she is she's doing a improv, and in live, you know, we're watching her develop in real time. So I haven't seen her develop at all. <laughs> well, you're right, because I have one AOC clip. I always keep something handy for you in case you need a little fix. Uh, now, this is a non-scripted. She's on Instagram trying to assemble some flat pack furniture, which, well, there was steam coming out of her ears. Maybe it was solder smoke. I don't know. Uh, and here, all of a sudden, she gets pissed off at something someone said in the comment. And uh, here we go. Tonight, the deep end. Oops, this one. Sorry. At least I'm not trying to cage children in the border and inject them with drugs. That's not a mistake. That is a deliberate policy to attack people based on their national origin. That's not a mistake. That's just hatred. That's just cruelty. That's just wrong. And that is a very effective message. And she spread it out to Insta. And uh, unlike this, uh, you know, these bullcrap sessions where you might get a soundbite on M5M, this goes to her core constituents, and they'll and they'll hear that and they believe that. She said it very convincingly. Yeah, the knuckle draggers in her district. Yeah, All right. we have this. Have one, we got this internet more. thing. You know, people people do communicate across districts. And the, I have one more clip. There's another guy I don't like. I don't like Jamie <laughs> Raskin. And he goes off about one thing or another all the time. He's just a real, and he's, he always looks like, can someone just maybe suggest? I mean, I, I think it's interesting that he likes Bernie Sanders so much that he implements his hairstyle. But I think a comb would be in order once in a while or a brush 
or maybe, you know, the, you know, maybe splash some water on his face. And then he just got out of bed. <laughs> but here he is bitching about whistle. Here's Jamie Raskin goes nuts about whistleblowers. This woman is an American hero for what she's doing. She is standing up for the American people. And she comes and she says, this is her final hope. Wait a minute. Where was this? Now, this is OK. Now we see the coordination. They were they were really trying to ignite something with this with a security clearance whistleblower, and no one bit. It it died on the vine. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yes, it was it was a concerted effort. Where was where was Raskin? And who is Raskin? He's in the in the hearing. This is part of that same hearing you said you watched the whole thing of and thought it was incredibly boring. No, I, I thought I thought it was well. I'm going to agree with you on incredibly boring, but you obviously missed some of the good stuff. Yeah, uh, he it, goes nuts. I I, I I isolate on these guys. I I know who. Hey, just, you know what? I just listen to them. I was great. I was talking about the amendment hearing. I didn't see any of this. Okay, well here we go. This woman is an American hero for what she's doing. She is standing up for the American people, and she comes and she says, "This is." Her final hope to come to the oversight committee, to Mr. Cummings, to Chairman Cummings and the members. And what do we get from the other side? Well, the president can do whatever he wants. You know why? Because we've got a king in America. Forget the American Revolution. Forget the Constitution. We've got a king. The president can do whatever he wants now. We have no rule of law that applies to the president. The president can fire anybody he wants. The president can squelch criminal investigations. The president can tell prosecutors to drop cases against people. We've got a king in America. They've elected us a king, Mr. Please clap. Okay, now he, what's wrong with what he did? What was, what, where is this guy coming from? Because I'm telling you, this was an elite going off the deep end. When he and it gave himself away, and I have the the ISO of it. Okay, where he says he arrogantly and patronizingly says they've elected us a king, Mr. Chairman. Ooh, let's listen to that again. They've elected us a king. Okay, explain your motivation behind this. They is they is the other, which mm-hmm. means the public. Yes, this, have elected the serfs, us the serfs. <laughs> the serfs, the serfs, the, serf, the serfs had have elected us. Yeah, he doesn't say we elected a, a, a no, king. No, or we apparently elected a king. He doesn't say that. He says they elected us. They've a elected king. us a king. Yeah, that is the most arrogant thing anybody can say in Congress because what he does is he puts himself above the fray. It's not he's not part of the public. They, they, they. <laughs> Man, this, this isn't, is this really is, bad. Yeah, you're right. Somebody in Congress says this. This is a, a. I think this is abhorrent that somebody would say they've elected us a king. I'm going to give you borderline for that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to take your award he first. It off like there's no tomorrow, but it's <laughs> like I mean, he's, he couldn't get he couldn't stop himself from saying it. But that's what he really thinks. That's a great he catch. He thinks he's above the public. That is a good. He thinks he's something special. That's why I don't like this guy, Jamie Raskin. Did you? This is him. Did you catch this he the first time like around? Something special. He's a creep. Did you catch this first time around, or was it the second time you? Oh listened? yeah, I caught it right away. Yeah, that's good. They've elected us a king. <laughs> yes I shall rattle my pearls they've elected us as a king Those stupid serfs yep good work well that's it we can go home <laughs> we are done 
Actually, I uh, listened in on, um, I was also watching some C-SPAN. And this was, let me see. This was uh, Massey, Congressman Massey from Kentucky. And he was talking to the cigar, spelled S-I-G-A-R. Cigar is the Special Investigator General Afghanistan Reconstruction. And apparently this uh, cigar meets uh, with the, a small, very small, pan- there was almost no one there, a uh, very small little panel uh, on some oversight committee, and they talk about how everything's going in the budget to reconstruct uh, uh, Afghanistan. It's a little introduction, which kind of shows you the, you know, it's a, this is the cigar, so he's, he's the guy that's supposed to be uncovering everything and reporting on expenditure, etc. But it's very amicable. It's all buddy-buddy. I've quit preparing for these hearings uh, because this is like Groundhog Day. I show up every 18 months and ask the same this is Massey. questions and we get the same answers, but the numbers are bigger every time I ask the question. In 2015, I asked you how much we spent on reconstruction, which, by the way, I think I'd like to change the name, your title of your job, change reconstruction to nation building, because I don't think people understand that's what we're tracking is our effective at nation building, but in 2015, I asked you, and it was $113 billion that we had spent cumulative. In 2017, I think it was September 2017, I asked you, it was $121 billion we spent. Can you tell me here today in 2019, how much have we spent uh, on, on reconstructing Afghanistan? Well, our, our, Congress has appropriated $132.3 billion. Okay, uh, so we're up Point to that. Three. Make Under- a note of that, sir. Uh, you always give me the decimal point afterwards. Yeah. I appreciate that level of detail. But to qualify that, and I know you are an expert on on numbers here, but uh, we still have ten point eight billion uh, in the pipeline. Well, what are we waiting on? Let's spend it. Um, <laughs> I will send that message immediately back yeah, to. Please you. don't. Please yeah. don't. Uh, all right. So this, you know, when this started, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So they're all just, just laughing about the ten billion dollars. And meanwhile, we've got you know the hundred thousand people a month showing up at the border. We can't get eight billion to to do something. All right. <laughs> that is so funny. But then, what is our number one uh, field of interest in Afghanistan on this show? Ah. The poppies, the poppy fields, for we know that this is what the Taliban was making all their money off of, and we had to eradicate the poppy fields. And and by the way, that would have a fantastic effect of uh, stopping the, or at least slowing down some of the production of heroin. And I think if we look at what's going on in the United States, certainly stocks are up, sales are up, things are good. How are we doing with that eradication? How is our drug interdiction? Another question is on the war on drugs that we're conducting over there. Every time you come, I ask how much have we spent eradicating poppy? And then I ask uh, how much poppy are they making or, or to what effect have our eradication efforts been? effective our eradication has absolutely had no effect on the amount of poppy being produced we we said that and i think we briefed you or your staff when we came out with this lessons learned report on narcotics Uh, as a matter of fact none of our programs not one has been effective in afghanistan 
on fighting narcotics. Now, and, and, and so how, what's the price tag so far cumulative since we started that F? Well, the only good news, I think, sir, is we're spending a lot less on counter-narcotics than we did before. So oh, yeah. for you, uh, I think it's about $9 billion. Am I correct? $9 billion we've spent on counter-narcotics. $9 billion. And do they, make, do they produce more poppy now than they did in, in uh, 10 years ago or, or whenever? Oh, absolutely. It's, a grow, it's the only growth crop there is. And, and, uh, and what, percent, what percent of their GDP does, does opium and poppy products? I think make? the estimate, and this is kind of squishy because they don't file tax returns. So right. It's kind of difficult. And there are no really GDP. I think it's approximately 30%. Is that correct? Yeah, we'd have to get back. It's about 30%. It's the largest cash crop, um, and I, I believe it's about 30% of the GDP. Woo! <laughs> so somehow this didn't make the headlines, but I think there might be some correlation between this failure and just how big that failure is, he explains in the third and final clip. But, but sir, real quickly, is that the, the, uh, the amount of interdiction that we have done over the last 10 years— and we've done a lot of interdiction, is still only equal to less than 5% of what was produced in 2017. So you take all the interdiction we did over the last 10 years, and you will see happy talk coming out of Afghanistan. Oh, we just caught this other lab. We just blew up this lab. We just, well, you had it all up for 10 years. My staff did that. And it's equal to f less than 5% of the 2017 crop. Now, the 2017 crop decreased to 2018. That's good news. But everyone admits it has nothing to do with our programs. It's because of drought. Drought. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe global climate change has one positive effect in Afghanistan. <laughs> drought. I love these guys. By the way, that is the clip of the day. No, thank you. Clip of the day. But I like the way these guys just yuck it up. And I think your point about here we spent ten billion on this and we had ten billion in the pipeline, we don't know what to do with it, and we spent nine billion dollars on eradication. We haven't killed one poppy or we got five percent of last year's crop. And, and that was because of drought. And yeah, and they're bitching about the six billion for the border wall. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? I say let's call up our buddies over there at Monsanto and uh, we'll drop some roundup ready on that shit. Done. You could wipe that crop out. They don't. They're obviously not doing anything. They're not bombing the crop. They're not doing no. anything to the crop. They're protecting the, the crop. Running the drugs, John. Yes, they're protecting the crop. They protect the crop. The CIA runs it. Yeah. Watch the 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 what was it the real was it real American president Denzel Washington American gangster. Oh, that's what I meant. American gangster. Watch that based on a true story. True story about how we were running drugs out of uh, true South, story. The Golden Triangle. Yeah, in in coffins. Woohoo! Yeah, in coffins. Real, we're great. We are great. By the way, this is a this is a complete waste of money. Yeah, and it's a fiasco and a fraud and a scam. And you're right. Where is the media on this? Oh, please. Have you seen a front page story in the New York Times saying that this is a a scam and a fraud? No, you haven't even seen a story about it because they're too preoccupied with. The dwarf who turned Trump in as so, a so-called whistleblower. Dwarf. dwarf. <laughs> She's a dwarf. I didn't even see. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> a little person. What's her name again? 
I can't remember. <laughs> Whistleblower. She wouldn't even do the thing. They forced her into it. The Democrats are cruel. This is fantastic. I didn't know she was dwarf. No, well, not, they now say, I have, well, she suffers. The, the way they put it is more mildly than I did, which is she suffers from dwarfism. Oh, I see it. Oh, yes. She, oh, is that what you're supposed to say? She suffers from dwarfism? Yeah. If she was homeless, she could suffer from dwarfism while dwarfism while experiencing homelessness. Experiencing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ah, she's a perfect whistleblower. Yeah, I know. That's she, great. She, uh, so that, if, if, if you went to central casting and you said, "Give me a whistleblower that people will remember," yeah, and, and yeah, let's forget about about you know. Benny, William Benny, and Thomas Drake, and all these uh, two or three other Snowden? guys. How about Snowden? And Snowden, he's a whistleblower, but <laughs> yeah. no, no, he's a no, a, he's a criminal. That guy, he's not to be protected. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, a, and for all practical purposes, I think Julian Assange is in that boat. Totally. I, I just wanted to mention I um, quick movie review: The Dirt. This you will hate this, so don't watch it. Okay. The Dirt is a, is a movie about Motley Crue, and I, I I know Tommy Lee pretty well and uh, Nikki Six. I hung out with him in Moscow when we were doing the Moscow Music Peace Festival. This is a very good movie. I mean, if you're really into eighties, you know, just the eighties and the L.A. rainbow scene, etc. And you know, Tina was was like dozing off on the couch. She even woke up, and she doesn't watch any shit movie, so. Uh, but you won't like it, John, because you, you, know, you know Motley Crue. Do you know Motley Crue? It's not my style. I, don't, I was not part of the L.A. rainbow scene <laughs> or anything like that. And I wouldn't be if I was invited. But here's the thing that irked me. They they cast this so well. They had really fantastic actors, their mannerisms. It was so good. Right down the Doc McGee, their sleazy manager. But then whenever they show an MTV thing, it's like some numbnut dumbo who, who never looked like, didn't look like anyone on MTV at the time, whereas clearly they should have gotten Adam Curry lookalike. Felt well, like, they didn't have an Adam Curry lookalike? No. That's just, not that hard to do. You just get, huh. you know, you get an old Tina Turner wig, make it blonde and put it on somebody's head and make them the guy. Wow. Men with thin hair should not speak so loud. <laughs> <laughs> I still got all mine, Gramps. Damn yeah, you. right. Uh-huh. You, how's the Rogaine subscription? I think, I think you're I think we're looking, we're looking at wig time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And I just have to explain. I, I need some help from our producers. I don't know if Armando Guer, Armando is still listening. Uh, my mail carrier at the old, the old, old place here in Austin. He might. I, I'm having a problem with the post office, with the United States Postal oh, System. Oh, this is a great. We, have we talked about this? No, no. But I mentioned it to you after the show. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is a great, great story. And this really is a classic, great. especially with you. Yes. This is the second time I know. you should mention that, that this has happened to you. Right. Well, we'll come around to that. So uh, the keeper and I bought a house together. We're very excited about it. And uh, it's in southeast Austin. And there's, you know, there's new homes being built there. So this was a home that was new and be on the market for a little bit. And, you know, we've been looking around for a while. And so, you know, we finally decide this is it. Um, and it's on uh, a cul-de-sac with homes. You know, there's two more homes by the two or three more homes by the same builder. And then there's older homes, maybe 15 years old. And the they don't have mailboxes in this area. 
there's a, a, a cluster of mailboxes up at the top of the cul-de-sac so the mail carrier can just do one stop. I guess it's too much to go down the, the cul-de-sac. Heaven forbid he drive down the cul-de-sac and go from door to door. <laughs> so um, after closing a couple weeks ago, uh, I say, okay, well, how about the mailbox? We don't have the key. No, you have to go to the post office. So I go to the post office, the one uh, located nearby, and it's a, it's an old, it's a distribution center for that whole section of Austin, but it's also, you know, has a little rickety two-person post office, and, you know, it's like a, a door that 18,000 people have kicked against with a, another little door that opens, and, you know, a little, a little window so they can talk to you. So it's, uh, it's not high-tech, let's put it that way. I say, where's my key? Okay, we'll go through all this. They can't find it. Ah, no idea. This, this is very odd. And they keep asking for that address. No, no, I don't have the key. Well, we probably lost it. And by the way, I could see that the, the key system is a piece of wood on the, on the wall with nails in it with numbers written on it. That's their key system. Just, you know, hand scribbled. Uh, so, you know, five days later, I go, yeah, we got your keys. I take the keys. I open up the mailbox. And there's my neighbor's mail. And then I get an email from them saying, hey. Um, do you know anything about the mailbox? Because our key doesn't work anymore. So now I've just been given their key. So after another week of going back and forth, it turns out that they're not, when, when this mailbox cluster was built, they didn't make enough for the number of homes because this home didn't exist before. It's, an, it's a new home on this cul-de-sac. And so there's no space. And I said, okay, what are we going to do? Well, well, we'll figure it out. Meanwhile, Mail is being returned to sender. I go in and I say, could you, look, I have a P.O. box here. Could you at least put my mail in the P.O. box? They can't do that. The guy who's the, uh, the supervisor, Roy, whose last name I, I can't even seem to obtain, he, you know, he's never there. No, he's, he, he's been coming in late this week. You know, I just, and I, at a certain point yesterday, I'm like, look at this face. This is the face that is going to get you all court-martialed with the postmaster general. And we still have no keys. This address doesn't exist. There's no bail box. We might as well just not be there at all. Now, I should mention a couple of things that were explained to me. The post office does isn't run as a uh, as a complete administrative system. It is run pretty much like the Swiss cantons uh, or a feudal system. Where the postmasters of the various areas, mm-hmm. the little they run their own their own scene, and some of them run a slick operation. It's very modern. They have all their tools, and others don't have that. They, they're more funky. That's why, in your case, it's okay to have that with re- actual houses in a cul-de-sac. In most of the areas, the postmasters in California would not allow that they would have them delivered to the houses. That, that's the most secure and safe. I agree. Yes, and that's the way it's done. But the, apparently your little post office district is run by some guys from the 18th century mm-hmm. uh, who had to deliver on horse. And there was a lot of dogs <laughs> in the area, so they had to have this box away from the homes. And we, and now, to be honest, this we are living on – remember, it's Adam and Tina. You know, This is not the Beyonce and Jay-Z. So we're on the frontier of what is still acceptable distance from downtown. So there's not a lot out there yet. Yeah, you're so, out yeah. the sticks. We're in the sticks. And so the relative sticks. But the point is, is that the po- you're, you just happen to be in a postal area where the postmaster is a screw up. Yeah. And there he doesn't care. And you can't do anything about it. Because if you make a big fuss with the real 
postmaster, the one in Washington, D.C. The note comes down and it goes, who the hell sent that note well, in? That- <laughs> Somebody's making trouble around here. Who's anybody been coming in here making a fuss? They can't get their mail for some reason. And now they're bitching to the postmaster. Who? Adam Curry? Okay, we're going to start delivering dog turds to his house. You're screwed. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's exactly the path I took, which I guess is not the smartest one. I expect tur- Well, they can't. Oh, they're going to deliver the turds. I don't have a box. They just delivered to the front front door. They put them down in bags and light them on fire, hoping they just stomp them out. I know. What I the- mean, I don't know. All I know is you're just getting your digging shell. You're not going to get out of this. This is. <coughs> You're going to have to be real nice and start giving gifts. Probably that's it. You got to bribe the guy. Send him a bunch of Franklin's barbecue. I know what the problem is. I think the problem is that these boxes were put there by the original builder of the original homes 15, 20 years ago. And the post office didn't pay for them. The contractor paid for them. And I think that's the problem is no one wants to pay for a bigger box. Well, apparently that's what you're going to have to do, my friend. (sighs) Well, we'll see. But on the other hand, I may not get any property property tax bill since I don't exist. (laughs) Well, no, there's there you go. (laughs) That's a possibility. By the way, yeah. Well, I don't. But the thing is, then they catch up with you, and the next thing you know, you're in arrears to an extreme. Yeah, I'm in jail. You mean yes? Well, that's possible. (laughs) Texas jail. Yeah. Well, that's not not that much better, man. Texas jail. Well, now let's. I, I, I gave a preface, preface, preface to this little speech of yours. This kind of happened when you moved into where you are now. Yes, this was a new building, a year old. It had a different problem, which I haven't even gotten to yet, because you know our my my credit card, my bank statements are all at this address. But uh, when I moved here, um, even though. I was in the in the bank's database, and they knew who I was with my appropriate zip code. This building didn't exist in this magical online database, part of the microservices architecture, that provides quick and handy lookup of addresses, which I guess is is refreshed every once in a while. But it hadn't. Yeah, been, that's that's the problem. That once, once in, in a while. while, this. But whoever Visa was using at the time. Uh, just said we can't find this address it doesn't exist so you can't order anything it was very interesting it's well there's a lot of in, in fact this whole you know just uh, dealing with um cable oh, by the way i also couldn't get google fiber or at&t fiber the online systems don't recognize you Here's my address. No, sorry, we don't service. No. Meanwhile, my neighbor, one neighbor has AT&T Fiber. The other neighbor has Google Fiber. I can't get it. I call, You can't call Google. Google Fiber, you can't call. You can go to the Google Fiber store, and then some Google woman will sit there and use the same online system I just used. Says, well, computer says no. We can't do that. You can't have it. Yeah, this is the this is your microservices architecture world we're living in that people don't even realize. No. So I'm stuck with Spectrum now. It's $240 a month for 500 megabits per second. Pissing well, that me off. Stinks. Yeah. Well, I have to establish a residence <laughs> that exists. Have you gotten a post office box? I did, yeah. Well, that's a plus. Use that. Well, yeah, I have to, you know, and I wouldn't mind if if I could actually get them to put my mail into the post office box and not return it as return to sender. Did you put a change of 
address note in? This was all promised to me by Roy, the supervisor. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you have to put a change of address yeah, notes yeah. Yeah. Okay. in. So I, it's I'm, in. I'm still it. hopeful that something's... Because if you go, wait, wait, let, let's, <sighs> let's hear me out here. Okay, okay. I'll give you a little bureaucratic insight. <laughs> this is true. You, you would know the bureaucratic ways. Once the notice is put in, and it's a piece of physical paper, they yeah. have to pay attention to it. These verbal agreements don't mean anything. But if there's if there's a piece of paper in there that's that's in there, it's in the system, and you don't get your mail where it's supposed to go, then you can point to that. And they, oh, you did the guy screwed up. They can be written up. There's all kinds of problems that can happen. If it's just a verbal agreement and nothing comes of it, you can, you can't you get nothing to stand on. You have to do the paperwork. Okay. Good point. Oh, yeah. By the way, everything you talk to them there is written down a little little post-it note. Okay, yeah, I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then um, that gets tossed. That's actually a pretty Post good idea. Are great to throw away. Yes, actually, yes, you change your address idea. with your old address and the post office boxes where everything should go. That will solve that issue immediately. There was a suggestion to start mailing myself bricks to get whoa, their whoa. to get their attention. <laughs> oh, <laughs> return to sender. Yeah, I don't know about that. No. Okay. Thank you. That's some sage advice. I, I, it, we still don't know if it will ever fix my issue with uh, uh, That's other companies. Problem, but yeah. you have to somehow. I, I think you're going to have to uh, talk to the mayor. Probably a form. Mm, <laughs> a form. <laughs> there's probably a form somewhere that would solve this problem if you could find the form yeah. and fill it out and give it to them. <laughs> that would solve the problem. But I don't know what that form is. You're going to have to do a little more research. But I, I'm guaranteeing there's a form. I saw uh, the, the contractors, the guys who put those stupid boxes out in front, yeah. they probably had to fill something out. Yeah. Find out what that is. And then you fill it out and, you know, see what happens. It was just very disheartening when I actually met the, the mail carrier, Brian. Who was he? He was able to explain it to me more simply because you know he deals with it every day. He says, "But you know, eh, it's just junk mail. I threw everything out. And nothing's nothing's really come in for you." I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I'd like my junk mail. Please don't throw my junk mail out because <laughs> you never know what could be in there. That's yeah, ins- it could it's be insane. A from hey, but we have electricity. Sports, the good sporting. news is we have electricity. We have connectivity. And uh, and we'll be and we're doing the slow move. A couple of weeks and we'll be there. We'll be done. Uh-huh. We'll be over. Yep. You're doing the slow move. The slow move. Yeah, it's Tina's idea. I like it a lot. We don't have that much yeah. stuff. You know, I went kind of minimalist. Well, the Cludio had become a disaster area, mainly with stuff people send me. So I had to create a box labeled collectibles. And that has now, uh, that's where I put all the stuff. What that are people, people sending you? Oh, my God. Challenge coins. Let's start there. Besides, well, that's so, that doesn't take up a lot of the room. The guys from Michigan, Michigan Local One, you know, they, there's a lot of automobile-related stuff. There's stuff from the meetups. It's just tons of stuff. It's, I, I can't, I cannot bring myself to toss any of it. I just hope my daughter or some other grandchild at one point goes, wow, look what Grandpa and Grandpa Adam had. This is pretty interesting. Could be. Hmm. Or you can just auction it off. Please. That's what I was supposed to do the last time I purged. Yeah, well, you're not a big collector. I wouldn't worry about it. Hey, I'm going to break everything up here, and I'm just going to bring us something from a different part of the world because it is humorous, but also 
Understandable, perhaps. This is from Radio Ukraine. With almost 100% of the presidential election first round votes counted, comedian Volodymyr Zelensky is leading the race to become Ukraine's next president. According to the Central Election Commission of Ukraine, presidential candidates Volodymyr Zelensky and incumbent president Petro Poroshenko have received 30.24% and 15.95% of votes cast on March 31st, respectively. With no one receiving more than 50%, Zelensky and Poroshenko are set to face each other in a runoff in three weeks. The second round of the election vote in Ukraine is scheduled for April 21st. Now, while this is humorous at face value, uh, I think there's, it's understandable in a way. I don't know what kind of comedian this guy is, but if he's like a, anything like I think he is, he probably says things in a very amusing way that have an incredibly hard undercurrent of truth. Yeah. And people dig that. And that's, uh, that's a model that can be replicated. Well, we had that with Beppe Grillo in Italy. Same thing. I think we could see more of that. Chris Rock for president. The problem with this idea is that even though, you know, you could say that Trump is kind of modeled in this way and he's just a a, a clown and a uh, uh, host of a reality show, unscripted drama, mm-hmm. uh, is that he did run, even though he, we don't know what his methodology was. He had a degree from Wharton and he did run a large business, a real estate empire. You'd have to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had some experience managing in his way. I don't know what a comedian's ever managed. He said, I mean, they usually have a manager. They have <laughs> someone managing them. They yes. hire a manager and an agent. Yes. So I don't know why you'd vote for a guy like that unless he, you know, had some some other skills. Maybe it was like a, John. say it was a, a guy from a <laughs> banker who became a comic. An entire district voted for AOC. What do you mean you don't know how that works? Hello? Yeah, well, yeah, but she's not an executive. The the head of a country is an executive position. That's yeah, a legislative yeah, well, position. You yeah. don't have to have executive experience to be a legislator. So bartender would be a fine. I think that's what you should have as a <laughs> as a legislator, yeah. as a bartender. Anyway, it's it's interesting how these things are kind of laughed at in the in the in the M five M. You know, like ha 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 ha. I'm like that's actually quite interesting. There's a lot of laugh. In fact, inappropriate laughing. Um, and this started with Chris Rock. He kind of set the tone for for Jesse Smollett. Tracy Morgan was on the Tonight Show, and Jesse came up again. I heard you got a new gig, though. Is this true? Yeah, I'm, uh, they gave me a role on Empire. They did. Yeah. Now, what is your uh, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do on, on that? Well, contractually, they gave me millions of dollars. Contractually, all I gotta do is not fake a hate crime. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesse. That's all you have to do. That's all I have to do. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you don't buy that story? What? That will happen? Nah, man, come on. First of all, uh, racist people don't be jumping nobody in the polar vortex. <laughs> you saying it's too cold? Yeah, man, neo-racists don't be watching Empire, man. It's too cold. They said, we be racist in the spring. 
Because it was like 10 seconds of footage, mm. and then he disappears for like two seconds. Then he reappears with the noose on his neck still holding the Subway sandwich. <laughs> he let the Subway sandwich go. Now, of course, it's always good to have some comic relief. Tracy Morgan, this is what he does. And it's, it's, it made me laugh. I laughed just now hearing it again. But really, it was no laughing matter. What th- this hoax, I mean, just the... It caused a lot of grief and pain, and I think it had probably will have some lasting effects. But the, this contributes to something I've been tracking, and it's, you know, I guess politicians would say, we believe in the rule of law. And the more I think about it, America kind of is America. I'm talking about America now. Um, it is definitely based on rule of law equal treatment under the law. And when that goes askew, I think it's a very it's dangerous territory. And so we're seeing this not only with Jussie Smollett, and it turns out that uh, uh, Kim Fox's office is talking to all the state's attorneys, sending out messages saying, hey, um, do you guys have any examples of uh, like what we did with Jussie? Because we can't find him. It was supposed to be 5,700 of them. Um, and there's all kinds of weird connections there. Um, but the same goes for um, uh, another example would be uh, what's happening on social media, where it's it seems hypocritical, but it really is a a form of of uh, um, social law that you can do certain things that'll get you kicked out, you know, deplatformed, removed from life, end of game, no free ball, no no, just exit, and it's happening in unequal measures. And if you see then what's happening in California, where anything under $1,000, the cops don't even show up. They don't care. They don't look at it because it can't be prosecuted. Oh, yeah. This is a problem. I'll just interrupt you with this, what's going on in San Francisco, where there are the massive number of car break-ins where somebody walks past the car and sees a purse or something, anything inside. And then they smash the window. And then they grab the person, wander off, and it's and they can have videos of the people doing it. And by the way, it's not cheap to fix, and it's not convenient. There's more to it than just fixing your broken window. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. Yep. So they, but they, they have the guy. But nah, man, it's under a thousand. It's no big deal. You know, so what? And so they, so they're so. Oh, okay. So we can do this in San Francisco. So they're breaking everybody's car windows throughout the city. In some areas, it's just an epidemic. I mean, you have to drive around an old 25-year-old Lexus, you know, that needs a washing uh, to feel safe. So this unequal treatment becomes a big problem with what happened this past week in Charlottesville. Charlottesville is where there was the rally, the white nationalists, and there was Antifa, and uh, the, the guy drove the car into the crowd. Woman died, not necessarily because of being hit by the car, but... You know, this is we were familiar with the situation. Jeffrey Winder was found guilty of misdemeanor assault in February for punching white nationalist organizer Jason Kessler in August of 2017. And this has happened twice, and you may not remember this one, but it was a pretty vicious assault. The jury ruled his punishment will be one dollar, which means it's okay to punch Nazis or what you perceive as a Nazi. And I think this is a very bad precedent. This this yeah, is this mega mega hat qualifies. Yeah, mega hat qualifies. It's only going to cost you a buck. Uh this inequality which 
in some ways is attributable to social justice warrior participation trophy, give the guy a chance, we're also touchy-feely. It's part of its derivative from that. Um, I don't know where else this comes from, but I'm just identifying that there is unequal treatment. It's now still being seen as hypocrisy, but there's real unequal treatment under actual law. And I think it's very um, uh, not well thought through what is happening, what people are doing in, in these positions. Yes, I agree. And of course, the version... Your ch- <laughs> and to accentuate it, I'll squeak my chair. That's how much I agree with you, Curry. What can I do? <laughs> it's being worked on. And with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage to say in the morning to you, the man who put the C in chair of squeak, John C. Dvorak. Nice in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships and sheep boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. In the morning to the illustrious and elusive troll room. Hello, trolls. Good to have you there. It's always nice. We got everyone's really excited. We got great pre-streams happening now on noagendastream.com. And we got just it, I mean, this one day, this thing, this is our legacy, John. This no agenda stream. We got guys doing all kinds of shows now, doing live streams, talking to each other. It, it should be just 24 hours a day of people doing live stuff. I don't care if it's Nick the Rat or the No Agenda show. It's all interesting. Well, it's it is running so yeah ten years it, and f- it's yes we're finally it figuring it out yeah. it could be our exit strategy <laughs> noagendastream.com uh, also <laughs> our exit strategy uh, in the morning too I think it's uh, Darren O'Neill uh, who brought us the artwork for episode eleven twenty five yes it was a simple one but sometimes simple hits it right where it needs to be hit it was Lindsey Graham uh, masquerading <laughs> as the Queen. Yes. And although, you know, it's Darren just gets it. I'm very worried about Darren. Yeah, you keep saying this. Yeah, Darren doesn't know this, but we might as well discuss it. Yeah. Adam thinks you're going to burn out. Because I've seen it. Go down in flames. Flames. No, it's you know, it's, you, you, sometimes you get a burnout. You know, I, I there was a burnout what happened on kind of with. Uh, I wouldn't say Martin JJ, but the two guys who started the whole thing. Yeah, it happens. It happens. They haven't done an artwork for ten years. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, you can burn out. We just we just want you to be careful. That's all. You're you're a, a, all of you are valued resources. After all, we are a network of producers, not a network of some shitty podcasts with a union. No, 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 no. We're a network of producers and proud of it, and we've put together a model that works, and we all get something out of it. And just now, like Hollywood, yes, Darren, when he goes for it, he he wants to win, so he had he takes a number of sides. He had a he had the Lindsey Graham art, which we liked a. Because it's just goofy yeah. and funny. It was visually <laughs> yeah. funny. Yep. But he also had AOC as the head of, you know, which he has chaos, <laughs> but I think uh, it could have been one of the Marvel operations. What is uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and who are they? Who are they? I can't remember they, who their enemy is, but uh, they're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show. That yeah, you're have, asking uh, me? Please. Hail, hey, somebody in the chat room is going to know this. Hail something. Hail Hydra. Hail something. Um, Hydra. Yeah, Hail Hydra. Control. Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. You're right. Hail Hydra. Uh, 
And so, so she's sitting there like that. And he's got like Trump that's true with the with the notes around it. He's got a bunch of he, – he produces – I'll say this. Enter launch codes via Instagram uh, DM, which he's got for today's show. He's already put something uh, up. He's already he's already got oh, that yeah, up. He's oh. already got two things. You're two kidding things me. Up. He's got, for example, he's got the "That's True," which is the with the musical notes. <laughs> he's got uh, holy he's crap. Got the launch codes on Instagram. Mike Riley's decided to come and he's he's, he's sick of it. <laughs> so Riley's coming in with some stuff. He's got a piece already, and then you have. You got uh, <laughs> just does This is a multimedia games. postmodern experience I'm, I'm witnessing right here. Art competition this, in real, in real time. time. This is fantastic. Real time. You guys are insane. Wow, oh, I love that. All right, yeah, so we've been it's, going it's, for it's it's it's, yeah. it's, out, of, it's out of control. That, well, that I'm but that of, is what is makes this show so phenomenal. Yeah, it's out of control. The show's out of control to begin with. <laughs> it's true. And but out of control is postmodern, and that's what we do. And here we go. Let's just thank a few people for show eleven twenty six. Starting with our buddy Sir Anonymous of Dog Patch nine hundred fifty three dollars. He sent a note in. Ah, it's good to hear from him. This is yeah, his, he, uh, his monthly month. his monthly newsletter. Thank you for all your and all producers continued outstanding work. This is his note. Continued outstanding work and providing a safe space for less contaminated beings. M5M made a point of keeping Brenton Tarrant nameless. But if his name was Mohammed Ben Curry, it would be all over the news, <laughs> affecting his family and friends and family and friends of anyone who, with a similar name. Cynically, they hid it to protect his family and friends from retribution, something they di- don't do for Muslims. That is, that is, that's interesting because that was something that I, I recall us uh, talking about is it it was odd because instead of the typical three name this is the guy you know first middle and last name it was uh, he identifies as brendan tarrant on social media which was very odd and i guess in in this case when it when it was a muslim mosque in christ church that's when they decided that goes too far we've got to obfuscate the uh, obfuscate the name yeah it's a great observation Seronimus. uh anyway he says, as a colleague named Osama told me in 2002. Oh, boy. It would not Osama bin Laden, but a friend. No, I, you know, no, I understand. not an unusual no, name. No, I understand, but I bet in 2002 it wasn't a great name to have. He says, quote, I might as well be named Adolf Hitler in 1946. <laughs> oh, Everyone thinks I'm a damn terrorist, so I'm going by the name Sam. <laughs> oh, gosh. So he changed his name to name to Sam, you know, Sam. But it was only uh, six years later when we had a president named Barack Hussein Obama, and yeah, everyone funny. and everyone thought it was I'm cool. Changed. Thank you for noting that. But of course, that makes some sense because uh, Obama was Muslim. Thank you for noting that Muslims do and have been outspoken against terrorism. Yes, we mentioned this, but the. M5M seems to discriminate against all religious groups since they all teach morality against violence, killing, and war. He's, what he says here in this structure is very poorly done. He should note it. Note. He should note this. <laughs> and we will what review saying, all of your all of your letters. Religious groups are discriminated against because religious groups teach morality against violence, killing, and war. 
and the mm-hmm. M5M. And I would mention, I should stop here and mention something I read recently. I didn't even think much about it until somebody said it, that the mainstream media, uh, and it began with Hertz, Hertz, Hurst, and Pulitzer, who uh, used to promote the Spanish American War. War sells newspapers. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so the media, the war and media go together hand in hand. So they love war. And so they promote war, even though you wouldn't think so, you know, but they don't promote peace. (laughs) What a waste of space. He says, so he's making this point that religious groups, whether it's Christian or Muslim or whatever, they tend to promote, they tend to be uh, against violence, killing a war. Billions of people around the world. Uh, attend religious services every day, praying for an end to all this crap. It just doesn't attract viewers. <laughs> Only prayer vigils after the fact get attention. Yes, and when when we send thoughts and prayers. Query regarding California net neutral. Now that's the end of his little spiel. Query regarding California net neutrality. Since it is a regulation and creates common carrier status for social media, isn't all information posted protected by free speech, including hate speech? Doesn't this absolve the social media platforms of liabilities? Perhaps a producer can elaborate. Well, this is Section 230 stuff. And the, the media, the, well, Internet media uh, have complete... You know, free ticket, free ride. I don't have to worry about yeah, anything. Until Title Two takes over. Title Two. The FCC takes over the internet. Oh well. Thanks to net neutrality. Thank you very much. Oh, whatever. Keeping it short, a good pro- a producer should know when to stop the hammering and <laughs> let you do your work. No jingles, no karma. <laughs> Sir Anonymous of Dog Patch. Thank you so much. Always a good note. Always a good note. Always good lessons and uh, a good reminder. There, I appreciate. I'd like it. to hear more about his his. Toil, uh, toils and tribulations uh, in his international travels. Well, I'm still trying to figure out his codes. <laughs> well, Not, I didn't see any codes in this one. 953? What is that about? Oh, 953, yeah. It might mean something. Jack Genuso is next on the list, and he comes in as the associate executive producer. We don't have but one executive producer. Uh, and he's in Glendale, came with $267.31. And he's got a birthday. He says, John and Adam, I've been listening to the show for about six years now. I can certainly say there's nothing else quite like it. It's always hilarious to hear your, hear your commentary on national and world events, not to mention the various motifs like drunk voice donations. Adam's Dutch accent and John's mudflats reports. Uh, I'm a graphic designer freelancing for the publicist group Ooh, mm, of publicist. NewsGuard fame. Yes. Oh, anyway, he ended. I'm sorry, I read that quote. He says he likes the drunk voice donations, a Dutch accent, and my mud flats. By the way, uh, the tide's in, so there's no mud flats today. Very rare. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this. When is because of the rising oceans? When is Mont Saint Michel going to be flooded in? I think you should write um, an essay and post it to Cosmic Weenie. I am a graphics designer freelancing with the, always freelancing with the publicist group. We know them, the mate, one of the major yeah, of the big, three or four big, big, big PR advertising uh, monopolies and attribute part of my success in landing the gig to the jobs karma. I asked for when I was between gigs. Nice. 
I'm very much looking forward to the coverage you'll be providing this upcoming <laughs> election cycle. It's going to be N-U-T-S. Lots of fun. Uh, happy 67 to my birthday, twin John. I'll be turning 31. Oh. Uh, thank you for your courage. Can I get a It's Trump, It's Trump, He's President jingle and a shot of It's True. That's true. He's Trump, he's Trump, the president. Thank you very much, Jack. Glad the uh, the job's karma worked. Egghead in Clint Dayton, Ohio, 21088. Uh, this is my first associate executive producer credit. Thank you for your courage. I like several different kinds of karma. Travel karma. I'm flying to Costa Rica on a GPS Y. Y2K, four, six, 19 relationship karma. I plan to propose to my smoking hot girlfriend. Well, I wonder if she's listening. Is she listening? Because you're going to be proposing to her <laughs> while he's in Costa Rica. Oh, maybe she's in Costa Rica. Nice. She <laughs> she's a Costa Rican hottie, maybe. <laughs> and general goat karma for you guys and all the producers and a stop the hammering. I'd probably be listening to this episode while on my doomed early morning flight. Thanks for the work you guys do. Keep us sane. Okay. So to keep us sane. I'm uh, halfway to knighthood, uh, egg-headed from Dayton. Okay. So travel karma. She needs uh, relationship karma, special relationship karma. Good. I think I got one. Uh, hammering yes. and goat karma. Yeah, we can do of that. Of course I'll marry you. Karma. Stop the hammering. You've got... Karma. John Foster in Grover, Colorado, $201. Oh, dollars. Good morning, gents. I've been listening to your show for a few months now, and I, after being punched in the mouth by my cousin Kelby, please divide the donation between the both of us, you do the accounting, for our trip to knighthood. Coming from Col- California, Colorado. Colo, California, I like it. <laughs> Uh, with the recent elections, we have a lot of new legislation going into effect that I think you may be interested in. Prim- primarily, Senate Bill 181 and the Red Flag Law. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we have to look into those. I, I guess. I, yeah, I know not what explaining red. it. Thanks for what you do and keep uh, up the good work. Can I get a deducing for Kelby? For You've been deduced. <laughs> and he wants one for taking so long to donate. Oh, he needs uh, one as well? Give the second one. Yeah, okay. You've been deduced. He wants a that's true and some goat karma. That's true. You've got <laughs> karma. Uh, anonymous CPA in Dawsonville, Georgia, $200.33. Knighthood Accounting, Anonymous CPA in Dawsonville, Washington, my. Wishing my smoking hot air hostess, <laughs> wife, a happy 33rd anniversary, April 5th. She's coming from Schiphol today. Schiphol. 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 That place. For ce- <laughs> Schiphol. Yeah. For the celebrations with $300 million worth of airplanes strapped to her ass. <laughs> She'll get a kick out of the well wishes and nighting. Also, short-term booking karma for a first year with Off the Grid Lodge. Oh. She doesn't listen to the show, but she gets <laughs> my twice-a-week recaps of the best podcasts in the universe. Hey, honey, hey, honey, week- you know what the guys were talking about? This was really cool. You gotta t- there was this clip. It was fantastic. It was AOC, and the John was like, she's stupid. And I was like, no, watch him. 
I guess that's how it goes. I don't know how you can wrap this show. Um, and also, once a week recap of the show John does with that guy in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, no agenda. <laughs> this is the H Unplug show. No agenda produces that over. No agenda producers that overnight in the Dawsonville. Dahalengnega. Area should contact me through the website off the grid grid lodge off the grid lodge.com for special no agenda pricing. Woo! Oh, it's a lodge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Off the grid, perhaps this lodge is. I'm guessing, yes. Mm-hmm. Requested jingles Manning Money Shot, Obama Take That to the Bank, and Service Goat Karma. I, anonymous CPA in Dawsonville, request that unite me, sir, off the grid lodge. And he's got All the- right. Oh, very good. Did he have any special stuff he wanted at the uh, at the table for the shit no, pole <laughs> celebration? No. I think there's plenty at the table. All right. Well, yeah, there's lots of stuff there. And I'll give you a whole list of them, anonymous CPA. Looking forward to your ceremony. That's a show enough money shot. Woo, Jesus. Woo, Lord. Look at that. That's a money shot. Kenan Conway is a money shot. You can take that to the bank. You've got karma. Michelle Sharon is our last uh, associate executive producer from Wyndham, North New Hampshire. I don't think the birthday list is on here. Oh, yeah. Love I'm your just show. Noticing that, she yeah. wants, I, I've never done this before, but she wants to be ungermaned. <laughs> I don't have anything for that. Uh-huh. She wants to be de deutscht. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Yes, you de-douched. <laughs> I've seen this spelling of douche a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Douche is D-O-U... What was it again? C-H-E. Yeah, D-O-U-C-H-E. Yeah, douche. A lot of people do spell it D-E-U-S-C-H. I see D-O-O-S-H. It's quite spectacular. makes sense. Yeah, it's quite spectacular. But D Deutsch. D Deutsch is, is, something, is something. something new altogether. She wants a shout out and happy birthday. It's a certain night, Don Cool from Joe Sharon, yes. New Hampshire. Okay. Perfect. She want, wait, birthday to Sir Don Knight from Sir. Okay. I don't know yeah. what's going on. It sounds like some sort of a threesome. But whatever the case. <laughs> well, let's, let's hand them some threesome karma then. It sounds like it's working for them. You've got karma. All right. On the list. You got Don Knight, uh, cool on there? Yeah, yeah, I got him on there. We're all good there. Who's next? So, so that uh, we want to thank these folks for oh, being the executive producer, associate executive producer for show 1126. Yes, thank you very much. These are very valuable credits. Uh, first of all, you are executive producers and asso- or executive producer and associate executive producers of episode 1126 of the No Agenda Show. You can use this title wherever you want. That's uh, fine with us. We'll vouch for you because it's just like Hollywood, and it does seem to beget people jobs karma. And we appreciate you supporting the work here and uh, the entire network. And we'll be thanking more people, $50 and above. And another show for you on Sunday. Please remember us at Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. We break it all down for you twice a week, always on Thursdays. Go out there, let everyone know. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. That's true. Shut up, slave. I have, um... 
I've been watching a number of reports and immediately smelled a rat. And I think uh, I think I pretty much know what's going on. This is, uh, you've probably heard or seen this story. Doctors are now dealing with the second greatest number of measles cases reported since the infectious disease was officially eliminated nearly two decades ago. According to the CDC, 387 individual cases have been confirmed in 15 states from January to March 28th of this year. The CDC says one dose of the MMR vaccine is 93% effective at preventing measles. Two doses, about 97% effective so there's a lot to talk about here uh first of all a large number i think it's over 100 of the 387 was in one community an orthodox jewish community um and so it's not all that crazy to think something like that could break out in that kind of community but the incessant reports the over the top we're all going to die and then for something which seems well, not 100% effective, kind of pushing the second booster there to get your 90, was it 98, 97%? No, no, we, 93 is one shot, 97 is two shots. So we can eke out four more percent with a with, a, no with another shot? It's, so it's not 100% effective. I think that's odd. But upon further... Yeah. Invest, upon What's further, the theory behind vaccinations? Upon further investigation, and I can only find this to be true for one patent of Merck, um, the MMR vaccine, well, the measles part specifically, went off patent on March 31st, which is always a big deal for these pharmaceuticals because then they no longer have uh, the monopoly and, and the market, even though many of them now own the generic companies, there's just going to be a different revenue model. And to me, the way this thing swarmed and we're all going to die and MMR and, oh, my God, the measles and the mumps and, and mass vaccinations we heard on the last show. Remember that? Yeah. Hold on. Let me just see what that is. Mass vaccination. Yeah, I want to play that. Yeah, this one. Late word Tuesday off. on an expanding mumps outbreak at Temple University. I think we have this was mumps. It, but as Dr. Ailes said, we're probably going to see another wave coming. The numbers have gradually increased over the last month. City health officials say as of this afternoon, there are 105 cases. 18 have been confirmed. A balance of 87 remain probable based on symptoms. You could imagine that um, social activities that university students typically do, like uh, party going and... Anyway. So that in that report, they talk about mass vaccinations. Now, note, we have a, measle, a measles outbreak, worst ever since we eradicated the disease. We have a mumps outbreak. <laughs> oh, my God. All included in this one vaccine. Now, I, I have, I'm going to deem myself a semi-vaxxer in this. In, in, in general, I'm a semi-vaxxer. And that is because I, of course, do not want polio. I didn't get it. I got a shot. So, you know, I'm all good. Uh, It was very different when I was growing up. I'm still here. I haven't died. I got the mumps. I got the measles. And, And for just to even broach this conversation to say, hey, that's interesting. This uh, this vaccination isn't 100 percent effective. Now, we know that the vaccine companies, this is about nine or 10 years ago. They said in their own official presentations at financial conferences, vaccines is going to be a bonanza for us. This is where the hockey stick curve kicks in, mainly because they're completely indemnified if something goes wrong. If you're hurt by a vaccine, you cannot sue the company. There is a fund, the vaccine, the vaccination fund, I think it's called something. 
that has uh, millions of dollars and you can uh, you can possibly get some redress from yeah, that from that fund bucks. it's from yeah it's a government operated thing and i think it's just it's just there to shut people up who have you know have been severely injured by vaccines i'm not afraid of them uh i don't see uh, any uh, need for me to inject myself with anything that's not 100% effective for something that is 100% deadly uh, so therefore, I'm a semi-vaxxer. And let me give you some historical context. When I was growing up, we had a show called The Brady Bunch. I think we still laugh about The Brady Bunch. A lot of people still know about it. You might have seen a rerun. I have for you the episode when the entire Brady family got the measles and died. Hi. Peter. What are you doing home from school? They sent me home. Measles. That's either measles or a strange case of red freckles. You have got a temperature. They told me, 101.1. Oh, are you sure it's the measles? Well, he certainly got all the symptoms. A slight temperature, a lot of dots, and a great big smile. A great big smile? No school for a few days. Say hello to my dotted son for me. Tell him I'll bring him some comic books and I'll see you later, dear. Okay, honey, bye. Boy, this is the life, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, if you have to get sick. Sure can't beat the measles. That's right. No medicine. Inside or out. Like shots, I mean. Don't even mention shots. Yes. <laughs> measles, measles, measles. Well, all the kids have now had the measles. So have I. Well, I had them years ago. Looks like the Bradys are finished with the measles. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what it was. You got the measles. Your brothers and sisters got the measles. You got to stay home. You didn't get any horrible shots. And you lived. No, that can't be true. You die if you get the measles. <laughs> well, compare that Brady Bunch bit to these reports. Oh, worst ever! Oh, get your booster shots! Just get to pick up an extra two two percent two points on your immunity, and that that number's sketchy. Totally sketch. But why isn't it one hundred percent? And why are you worried about your kid if it's vaccinated and that someone's well, that someone else's kid hey, isn't? But the 100%, why don't you ask the bigger question? If it was eradicated, yes. how can it reappear? How can it come is back? It, is it magical? <laughs> yes, it's magical. No one's asking that. This is native advertising for the pharmaceutical industry for stuff well, that... Well, they sure the, the, the mainstream media took it hook, line, and sinker yeah. because, of course, the, the, the pharmaceutical industry is one of the... Ma- is keeping... Network television, running. network news, especially yeah. alive, keeping it running. Yes. So they do their bidding. Mm-hmm. What else would you like us to talk about, Massa? <laughs> what else would you like to us to talk about? We'll do whatever you say. <laughs> yes. And people, and people, soak it up. Yeah. I'll put the New York Times in that bag too. Yeah. They're the worst. Oh yeah, I saw your tweet about them. Was it? Did you tweet that they were promoting Netflix native ad? I don't remember. No, maybe it wasn't you. I'm always bitching in my tw- Twitter feed. People should be, follow me at the Real Devork. I'm losing people like 20 people a day because of uh, you're, yeah, the, dude. The you're Twitter being people. They keep you're being deplatformed. Just people away from no, me. you're being deplatformed slowly. I'm being, it's very slowly. It's a slow yes, torture. It's the Chinese, it's the Chinese Twitter torture. They slowly, de- yeah. they no, slowly remove all of your let's followers. A few more followers from him. And by the time you're down to like 
20,000. You'll be so depressed about it. You just might die by yourself. You won't even need a, a kick. Nobody, I won't even have any funeral. Uh, <laughs> no, one to, no one to attend your funeral. No, no. <laughs> I just remember he said something about 5G. That must have killed him. <laughs> That's what did it. <laughs> okay, I want to do some Green New Deal stuff. I got some great clips for us today. Okay, I got nothing. I'm very pleased with myself. It sounds like it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, well, first of all, the big news, if you hadn't heard, you know, it is a global problem and, and, and we're all contributing to it. White people more than black people. We know that, that the white people pollute more air and black people uh, breathe more white people polluted air. But now, yeah. but now, 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 stand back. In Climate Watch, Canada is warming up twice as fast as the rest of the world. What? That's according to a report from the Canadian How's, Environment. How and does Cli- that work? They're warming up twice as fast. How does that work? Tell me. I don't know. There's a magical border. There's a border between us and Scandinavia, and they're heating up faster. Climate change department. According to that report, since 1948, Canada's average land temperature rose by an estimated three degrees Fahrenheit. Hey, does that, does, wait a minute. Does that screw up the global uh, two degree warming? Are they ruining our average? They're pretty, it's pretty big land mass. If Canada is ruining our average, they need to be dealt with. Well, you polluters. if I was Canada, I'd be happy. This is probably why, since the, this could account for the development of the Okanagan Valley's wine industry. <laughs> Hold on, let me finish the clip. Now, this temperature rise has been accompanied by more rainfall in areas where snow has historically been more common. The findings come as the government imposed carbon taxes on four provinces after they failed to come up with plans to act on climate change. Yeah, there's nothing like implementing a carbon tax and then at the same time say, and by the way, it's good we're doing this because we're warming up twice as fast as everybody else. You're a bunch of hotties there up north. You hot, hot, hot Canadians. Beautiful. I have well, a- That's bull crap. Yeah, of course. Well, the people of Scandinavia are getting snookered. They're, they have the carbon tax went in. We didn't no, start April first when they elected that crazy Justin Trudeau. They're trying to <laughs> rouse finally. Uh, the New York Times shamelessly, shamelessly put up a video. I hadn't seen. I guess it was a week or two ago, just before the the uh, the kids striking. And and so you know, I, I I find all of this to be child abuse. I think John, you agree. That when you take these children and shove them in front of an audience and make them read a script, it's, uh, you know, and and the script is, we're dying, the earth is going to die, we're all dead, you adults did nothing. It's, this is not a positive message for children, certainly not if they're nine years old, but they've taken this nine-year-old, forget his name, Corey, I think it is, Uh, he wrote a book, a children's book. Which, of course, is not true. It was the Climate Youth for Action who wrote the book and put his name on it. And here he is reading from his book. Uh, Extra music added by the New York Times. Goodbye, Earth. By me, Zane Cowie. Okay. It's Goodbye, Earth. By me, Zane Cowie. That's his name. The world is big and I am small. One day I wish to see it all. Pacific Islands, Northern Lights, Himalayas, Desert Nights. The world is big and I am small. The earth's in trouble. Hear her call. One degree warmers our demise. We're on track for more to rise. Goodbye, New York and Miami. Both cities swallowed by the sea. 
whose fault is all this climate mess? You grown-ups must confess. While cities burned and temperatures soared, you upped and left the Paris Accord. You chose big cars, fast food, and coal. Fossil fuels my future stole. You think this is a fun rhyme book? With your inaction, the earth will cook. We've had enough of empty vows, your plastic bags, your farting cows. On a hot February day, you barbecued and went to play. But it's no time for celebration. You totally screwed my generation. With storms and droughts and mass migration, still just stuck in conversation? We kids can't vote. We don't pay tax or donate to your super PACs. The only thing that we can do is stand and say, shame, shame on you. We've said our bit, now you get cracking. No more pipelines, no more fracking. We may be kids, but we are pissed. We're fighting now just to exist. If we don't protect all it's worth, prepare to say goodbye, Earth. I think this is so shameful. <laughs> wow. And this I'll is give a, you a borderline clip of the day for that. Oh, thank you. I, I never heard this. You know, and, and well, the, and this is also uh, it's a book, so it's in perpetuity. Borderline book of the day, huh? Say what? I said borderline book of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just this is such a negative for these children who are still emotionally growing. They have a, this half of their emotional life still needs to be put together, and then another twenty yeah. years in therapy they should be kept out of the fray. This is re- this is really it's adults abusing children. It's, it's not it's Generation X. This is a Generation X and, and older millennials that are behind this, but it's mostly Generation X. Well, they're dicks. They're they they've decided that the, the baby boomers, which includes me, uh, are just not doing what they want. And it's become an issue, and so they've decided to exploit the children, which is something the baby boomers would never do. We, I don't think you can find examples of it. It's unbelievable that fin- for those millennials and Generation X who do have children, they then start to abuse them. <sighs> that that is child abuse in its yes, basic form. It really is. It's just you're not well. You know, it could be cultural. I mean, you it's been taken away from parents, so you can't spank or hit a kid. Uh, because it's just not doable, no, no, but there's a, I, maybe legal. there's a deep-seated urge to like do that. Oh, you and don't. This is a version of it. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe. I'm just, I'm just throwing Yourific, it out yeah. there. We just, we talked about on a previous episode how um, the Green New Deal, but really anything that uh, that promotes wind and solar is just helping the big uh, oil companies, in particular those that do gas. And the reason why is now evident in Germany, who did away with their uh, their nuclear facilities, and they said, "Let's crank up the wind and the solar." And of course, they've they've but had. By the way, let's ask the question: Why did they get rid of the, the the nuclear facilities? Was it because they were blowing up left and right, melting down? Were they having a problem? I'm glad you asked that. I'll come to that in just a moment. I have an answer for you. Um. So they decided to go wind and solar, and of course, this means that their grid is overloaded at times. They 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 basically have to pay other countries to take their energy; otherwise, the grid could overload. And then, when there's not enough uh, wind or sunshine or light at night, as an example, then the gas plants kick in, and the gas plants make up the difference. And the gas plants love this uh, to such a degree because now the the overall cost of energy in Germany. 
has gone up by 51%. And a lot of this is because of gas, because gas is being used. And these companies, if you don't believe me, they are not only unashamed of it, they are promoting what they do. And I saw this on a commercial. I had to go back and clip it. This is a British Petroleum's television commercial for Fowler, Indiana. Welcome to Fowler, Indiana, one of the windiest places in America and home to three BP wind farms. In the off chance the wind ever stops blowing here, the lights can keep on shining thanks to our natural gas, a smart partner to renewable energy that's always ready when needed or not. At BP, we see possibilities everywhere to help the world keep advancing. Your smart partner. It's always there when you need it. <laughs> These people are so blind who believe in this. They go, oh, yes, wind and solar, it's going to make it. And look, it's working already. Yeah. With gas, they, these guys, British Petroleum, they love you. Do more Green New Deal, AOC. We love it. We can't get enough of it. We're making twice as much money, 51%. So, <laughs> so where is nuclear in this? Well, nuclear has actually started to crop up again. You know, Trump has been doing some things, and I follow uh, Sir, Rod, uh, Sir Hot Rod Adams, who was our, uh, our no-agenda nuclear expert, it was a commander on a nuclear sub. And he hates it when I said it. He was on a nuclear sub for a long time, um, knows a lot about it, has been involved in many different nuclear projects, has certainly helped the show learn a lot about it. So when you have all these things taking place and you know people are starting to talk about it and Bill Gates is out there, of course, he has hugely invested in it and there's these new reactors and reactors eat their own waste. You know, what do you do as big oil? What do you do? I mean, what do you do? Oh, you go to your buddies at uh, Warner, maybe uh, HBO. Well, the good we did. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that to them, justice was done. You see, a just world is a sane world. There was nothing sane about Chernobyl. Now, of course, this does no justice to this trailer because it's very visual, very scary. This is Chernobyl 2019 HBO miniseries special event, everybody. That's right. Let's scare you about nuclear Chernobyl. We're all going to die. I don't know what to tell you. They're releasing, they're releasing, all of a sudden they have a, a miniseries. Yeah, it's been pointed out by everybody because it's like, why is this now? And it's all, you're right, it's part of this grand scheme, probably by British Petroleum. Yeah, more, yeah very likely. these other oil companies to, to, to take the bloom off of any ideas of modern nu- nuclear uh, energy. When, of course, the Chernobyl event was a piece of crap reactor that the Russians threw together that was not shielded. It had all these issues. It was a, it was a disaster waiting to happen, and it happened. And it, these events are extremely rare. And it was a military There's installation. Fukushima and this. Those are the two. I mean, the thing in five, whatever it was, three mile <laughs> three island. Three mile island, the, yeah. That was a minor event. Well, no, it, wa- it, wasn't, it wasn't a minor event for one reason, is that... That took place within days of the release of the movie China Syndrome, which scared the 
the you know what out of people. Yeah, it just scared the crap out of people. Yeah, China Syndrome was one of the movies. Thank you, Jane Fonda, mm-hmm. uh, that put the. I'm not going to say it. I'm not gonna say, <laughs> tie Bosch <laughs> on the whole thing. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. Ah. <sighs> So we've been probably been brainwashed about this. I mean, France has been running on nuclear energy for I don't know how long since the seventies, at least. The whole country is pretty much dependent on that as their energy source, and they, everything's working fine until these scaremongers come along. And the thing I'm always told about the, the French system, which is a very old, it's, it's kind of an old-fashioned reactor. Mm-hmm. But they're standard. The thing in France compared to our, our reactors are all custom made, generally by General Electric or somebody. And they're, each reactor is different to an extreme. The French system had every they standardized. They like you do with a with a hard disk. It's standardized. It plugs in, so you can have. So the whole country's got the exact same reactor. So if you're working in outside of Chinon at the reactors there, and you want to go to someplace else and work at their reactors, it's not like you have to learn anything. It's the exact same system. We've never adopted that because people like General Electric like to sell things for billions and billions of dollars instead of a few few hundred million at most. Uh, if it was standardized, but we've never standardized anything. And that's the problem that, that that I think the real problem with nuclear is the is the lack of standards. Well, and and money. So go, Bill Gates. I'm all I'm all in with Bill. Yeah, luckily Bill's got not something got, we would say a lot. You know, there's a lot of things I don't like about Bill. Windows being one of them. Hey, <laughs> Bill's got nothing to do with Windows. No, I know, I know. It's actually not that bad. So, yeah, holy moly. Nah, they're just going to keep fighting it, but that's the way to go. By the way, you know, Chernobyl is only an hour and a half drive from uh, Kiev. It's not like people are dead there from this horrible, horrible thing. There was one other uh, report that caught my eye slash ear, and, uh, and I perked up and said, wait a minute, what is going It's been going on for about a week and uh, this is one of the reports. George Clooney is using his star power to call for a boycott of nine luxury hotels, including well, the Beverly yeah. Hills Jeez. Hotel and Hotel Bel Air, longtime playgrounds for the rich and famous. They're owned by an agency headed by the Sultan of Brunei, who starting next week will enforce harsh laws, including death by stoning as punishment for gay sex and adultery. In a column for Deadline, Clooney writes, Are we really going to help pay for these human rights violations? Are we really going to help fund the murder of innocent citizens? There were similar boycott calls five years ago when Brunei first announced it was adopting strict Sharia law. Among those protesting, Jay Leno. What year is this? What is this? 1814? The nine hotels located across the globe are part of the Dorchester Collection, which says inclusion and diversity remain core beliefs as we do not tolerate any form of discrimination. Clooney has been photographed at the hotels before and writes, full disclosure, I've stayed at many of them, a couple of them recently, because I hadn't done my homework, a cause for which Clooney has no reservations. So... Uh, we follow George Clooney, and we follow him for a number of different reasons. Um, he's been very quiet since his his marriage to Amal, and he's yeah, kind of new been, handler. Been very yes, yes, exactly, very much in the background. But we know on this show, we've known it for many, many years. Is if you've got something going on, 
If you need a distraction, what do you do? Call Clooney. You've got something going on and you need a distraction. Call Clooney. Call Clooney. No agenda, thinking hat, firmly in place. What is going on with Brunei? Is this the reason why we have to have this boycott? Do we need to have all this attention? Do we once again need to bring in our lesbian, gay, our LGBTQIAPK brothers and sisters? Is this really, is this genuine? Or could it be because the small little country located mainly in the South China Sea through very important shipping Lane, uh, shipping lanes and a joint venture with China's Zhuangzi uh, uh, no. Baibu. You know, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you picked this up because I had looked at it and I knew there was something going on that was because uh, Clooney, but I didn't do it. I didn't follow up on. It. I'm glad you did. This is uh, the joint venture between the port and uh, the Chinese Gulf Port Group, along with Brunei's Darussalam Asset Group. Uh, created a joint venture, and uh, as the press release says, Brunei is an important country along the 21st century maritime Silk Road. <laughs> this is our move. Hey, look at where where Brunei is on the map. This is so you've got China at the top, you've got Brunei at the bottom. This is where a lot of shipping is done. We can't have this being a part of the uh, no belt three road strategy from China. Right, it's a choke point. So we yes, China's trying to grab all the choke points because they're they're going they're going for it. Exactly. And what? How do we? How do we do that? Like we always do, bring in some sex stuff. You know, whatever. Let's shame these guys. Shame him. And of course, nothing will happen. So we're going to put pressure on his hotels and and. Eh. Instead of just saying, hey, China's a problem. We don't like what they're doing over here. We want to, you know, maybe we can do something. Whatever it is, be honest. Calling Clooney in for the job. You might as well send me a telegram. It's like Clooney shows up. I start looking at the news. All right, what is it? Where is it? (laughs) What's going on? Let's look past the abuse of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters because that's what it is. Well, this is not going to be effective. No, but it's a start. It's a start. And now it puts into people. It's a long game. You put well, maybe p- if it's, you know, if it puts it, if, if there's a messaging that's, that's coming around saying, you know, you might be putting you, Mr. Sultan mm-hmm. of Brunei, who's the guy who actually built a, I mean, he's a big shot in the United States. He's, you know, he's part, he's not owner necessarily, but he's behind a lot of major super high end restaurants and and attractions, and he owns the Dorchester chain of hotels now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it could put a uh, you know a little message might go out there. You know, you might be killed. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Well, listen. When George there Clooney could be re- regime change in in you know Brunei John, could happen. I think that certainly in the Middle East, and perhaps in many other in the Far East, many other places around the globe. Troublemakers, despots, dictators, they all know. There's two people you don't want yelling at you. One is Donald Trump. The other is George Clooney. They know. Oh, crap. They called in Clooney. Brother. Step up security. (laughs) 
<laughs> Step up security. Clooney's up there. Uh, shameless, yeah. these people. This is why you listen to No Agenda. Yeah, and we keep you up on this. But stuff. people can, you can do this yourself. You just have to look for the little clues. You know, when Clooney comes out after what, two years, maybe three? He really... He's been under under yeah he's been under they've been keeping him under wraps I think he yeah. I think he did some missteps and he's, he was put on the sidelines he was sidelined no he had to he uh, had to go through training with Amal first she had to you know command and control training maybe <laughs> it could be just, on your knees just safe. just look at how he I mean he's he's chivalrous of course but I can see it she's got him under control MK Ultra. So, so we've been witnessing, to change the topic again, we've been witnessing an attack on Joe Biden. Kind of. Which you pointed out in the last show, a couple and a couple of shows, and you're saying to me, because I have this uh, contenders list, uh, a handicap list of who's going to be nominated by the yes. Democrats. I told you it was, a, it was a Hillary hit job, or it was a hit job, smelled like Hillary. Yes, yeah, smells like Hillary. And CNN, is, CNN is in on it. And well, they were a big Hillary Hillary team, Team Hillary. Uh, Hag, but I've kept Biden at the top because I think he can still get out of this. <laughs> really? And although I did have a very funny mm. the picture I put in the last newsletter of Biden, that little redhead girl. Yes, which I've never seen before. It's probably the creepiest picture I've ever put in a newsletter. Yeah, and I feel. Well, sorry for people who took themselves off the mailing list because I'm not going to I'm not tweeting that picture mm-hmm. anyway. So uh, so Biden decides that he's going to use Twitter now. He thinks he's Donald Trump and he's going to uh, use Twitter and kind of. A, so he thinks he's kind of Donald Trump, uh, Scott Adams. He's going to do <laughs> videos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he did this video. You mean like more like more like AOC, you mean AOC and more like um, uh, who's that other hipster Pocahontas? Yeah. Let me get a beer. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, Pocahontas. So she shouldn't be drinking if she's Indian. Um, anyway, so we have this. Here's Biden apologizing. It's a two-minute clip. This is the entire clip of him on his own Twitter feed, kind of apologizing for grabbing women and touching them, on, you know, pulling a John Lasseter, let's say. And if you look at the comments after after this, there's a lot of people, oh, good for Joe. He's back in the game. This makes sense. And there's other people saying he's a creep. But most, you know, the Democrats aren't thinking that. So I, I think he's going to I still think he's going to weasel his way out of this. But let's listen to what he had to say. For the coming month, I expect to be talking to you about a whole lot of issues. And I'll always be direct with you. But today I want to talk about gestures of support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men and have made them uncomfortable. And I always tried to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, and, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. And over the years, knowing what I've been through, the things that I've faced, I've found that scores, if not hundreds of people have come up to me and reached out for solace and comfort, something, something, anything that may help them get through the tragedy they're going through. And, and, uh, and, and so I, it's just, just who, who I am. 
And I've never thought of politics as cold and antiseptic. I've always thought it about connecting with people. As I said, shaking hands, uh, hands on the shoulder, a hug, uh, encouragement. And now, and now it's all about taking selfies together. Uh, you know, social norms have begun to change. They've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. I understand it. And I'll be much more mindful. That's my responsibility. My responsibility, and I'll meet it. But I'll always believe governing, quite frankly, life for that matter, is about connecting, about connecting with people. That won't change. But I will be more mindful and respectful of people's personal space. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I've worked my whole life to empower women. I've worked my whole life to prevent abuse. I've written, the, and, and so the idea that I can adjust to the fact that personal space is important, more important than it's ever been, is 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 just not thinkable. I will, I will. As a quick callback, this is another excellent example of unequal treatment under the quote law, the Me Too law in this case. Um, this irks a lot of people too. Say why isn't why isn't he getting raked over the coals? Why does he get a pass? There's plenty of evidence, and I will say this about Joe Biden: he's been in politics a long time. <laughs> uh, politics is just show business for ugly people, and uh, he's no no better or worse than your than your crooner, you know, guy. Hey, baby, yeah, hey, sweetheart, hey, toots, because he, because he's a super super duper celebrity, certainly in in his world. And, and that is his vibe. And people understand it. And yeah, they accept it. And I guess they kind of overlooked it. And now, hopefully, some people see the hypocrisy of how they've, they've treated others. Um, but there is uh, something else going on in his particular case, in, in, or in the case of Lucy Flores, who first came out with this clearly politically motivated uh, announcement. And, yeah. and, in, and I have two clips, uh, quickies, because she was on... Yeah, you know, every station had some soundbite interview, but I got the NPR stuff. When people are a little different, they go more in depth, a little more relaxed. Uh, at least she was. Um, there was a real power situation here. I mean, this was an event where uh, Flores was uh, running for election. Biden is, you know, the copy to tutti copy almost of the party. Uh, he came up from behind. You know, there's a lot of things really wrong with this. Now, let's listen to what she had to say, and I think we can start to understand where this is headed. Ms. Flores, can you describe the encounter in your own words? Sure. Well, I mean, it's just as I just... Sure. There we go. Sure. 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 I can explain it. Ms. Flores, can you describe the encounter in your own words? Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, it's just as I described. Um, It happened very suddenly. I was not expecting it. It was a campaign rally setting. So there was a lot of chaos, a lot of people, a lot of energy. We were all kind of in public. Uh, Vice President Biden and I were never alone together. So as we were waiting to be... Notice she points that out, which she's never done previously, but it's, I think it's important so that she, this is someone who's covering her legally, I think. Someone gave her advice and say, you should say we were never alone so it doesn't sound like, you know, like you're accusing him of doing something really, 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 really super creepy where no one was watching. 
So she's being prompted about this. Public uh, Vice President Biden and I were never alone together. So as we were waiting to be called up to the stage, the rally had already started. People were already speaking. We were waiting in line. Eva Longoria was in front of me. Joe Biden was behind me. And, you know, I just all of a sudden feel his hands and, and I feel him get up really close to me. And I'm just, you know, at that point processing and I'm thinking, okay, this is really weird. But then he leans in and then he like inhales and, and then he proceeds to plant this long kiss on the top of my head. And the entire time I'm just kind of like, what is happening? In, uh, in our household, we now call that an uncle Joe. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do an uncle Joe on you, baby. Don't move. So what what is she really after here? What is this about? As we mentioned, former Vice President Biden has released a statement and says if he did behave this way, he doesn't believe he acted inappropriately. What is your response to his statement? I need the vice president and all men and all people who are in positions of power. Okay, just it's it's just hold on a second. All men. Okay, and people in positions of power, but all men, that's you and I, John. She's talking directly to us, speaking truth to power. I need the vice president and all men and all people. (laughs) (laughs) My God, she's speaking truth to podcasters. Time to pay attention. (laughs) The vice president and all men and all people who are in positions of power to understand that in that setting, in that situation, that kind of behavior is absolutely inappropriate. A big part of the reason why I'm also speaking out now is because he has a history of this. This is not an unknown issue. There have been stories. There are pictures. There are videos. I think that there is a very severe disconnect and lack of empathy for what the women on the receiving end are feeling. I understand that he's trying to clear up his his intention, but it's not about your intention. Whether it was an innocent gesture, whether it was a sexual gesture, none of that matters. It is about the person on the receiving end of that inappropriate behavior by someone who is very, very clearly more powerful than you. That power dynamic is important to recognize. I give her total, absolute credit, and uh, and I acknowledge what she's saying about the power structure. That's totally wrong. But I'm very worried about this. It doesn't matter what you do. It's how I feel about what you do. This is a problem. There's no end in sight for this. You know, it's like I put my arm around you for a selfie. I feel very uncomfortable. You are wrong. You know, this is going to this is going to move people even further apart. Did Apparently I... it will. Okay. So yeah. I think that's the idea. Well, it's okay. It's a disruption. It's a social disruption. It's problematic. All right, I'll stick on the 2020 elections with two more things. Um I've been tracking this compact of states uh we've heard on one hand a lot of talk about uh, getting rid of the electoral college which i don't think we should explain here but you can certainly look it up it's a very simple system uh it is how uh it is why trump got elected and i think was it bush didn't he also get elected through the electoral college the first go round, yeah first go round. um so there's there's a back a back door to getting rid of the electoral college in an interesting way 
which is this compact of states. It's been going on for months. A lot of people have uh, have emailed me about it. I understand what it's doing. But finally, I got a clip. Someone who at least has authority, although, oh, my goodness, the guy's, he might as well just be not even on the scene. Dick Morris, uh, who is very anti-Hillary and anti-Clinton at the moment. He used to be a, one of their advisors. He has a podcast And here is uh, a minute and a half of him explaining what is going on. The Democrats are pushing something they call the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, which is an end run around the Electoral College that is closing in on the uh, number of states that it needs in order to succeed. The idea is that states pass laws saying that the electors from those states should cast votes not for who won the state, but for the winner of the national popular vote. And that uh, when enough states have passed this so that they constitute 270 or more electoral votes, enough for a majority in the Electoral College, the compacts would take effect. And at that point, the Electoral College becomes an irrelevant formality uh, because the states vote in accordance with the popular vote. Now, there have already been 15 states and the District of Columbia that have passed the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, and they account among them for 198 of the 270 electoral votes that they need for this to take effect. And there are enough state legislatures out there that have not yet ratified it, where at least one house is Democrat. Uh, to get them up over the 270. In those states, there's one House Republican and one House Democrat. So we have to hold the line to protect the Electoral College. I don't know if this can work. But it sure seems like someone's trying to put it together. Someone's trying to put what together? That This stupid idea that yeah. you're going to just turn your votes over to the state of California? Yes, and several and enough states have several states have already passed laws that this would take place. Yeah, I would definitely vote those people out of office. I want my vote, one man, one vote. I want my vote to count. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's not how it's going to happen, though. I mean, do you think this this can work? Well, like he said, fifteen states have already stupidly adopted this crazy policy. Yeah, and I, but that's kind of circumventing the Constitution. Or is it? It's. I don't think so. I think it's legit. I mean, I think you can do it legally. I don't think it's illegal or Interesting. unconstitutional to do it. It's just dumb. <laughs> right up there with AOC. Yeah. No, no, no. This is dumb. This is my last one. This is dumb. Andrew Yang, who I think is a big phony. Oh, this is the we. You know, let's stop here. We have a number of uh, Zoomers, Generation Z folk that listen to the show. Yeah. And they're all in on this guy. And we have one guy that harasses us about it. <laughs> yeah. You're not talking about Andrew Young. Yang. 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 Right. We have talked about him. He's a, he's a brother of Yin. And, um, oh, boy. Well, his name is Andrew Yang. Yang. And he had, yeah, I don't know. He's just, it's sketchy. He looks like he's, 
he was did some scammy stuff to make it look like he had enough votes, uh, you know, support to get in or money. Uh, he wants or individual to get in. He, he, he wants, wants to be to get on the in. dais when he they does. do the, the yeah. debates in June. Now, like every good Democrat, if you even want to be considered for any kind of position, if you want to run for president, you have to go and visit Al Sharpton. <laughs> and you have to visit him at MSNBC, but you also have to go and do a speech for his uh, uh, action, is it the action, the Now Action Network. You got to go and speak at his little shindig. Uh, it's very, very important. And he did with a personal introduction by Reverend Al himself. He is running Democratic primary for president. He's an entrepreneur, founder of Venture for America. And one of the first to say, yes, let me come and speak to the National Action Network. And we want to hear from him, Mr. Andrew Lang. Give him a hand. <laughs> Did you hear it? Andrew Lang? Andrew Lang. <laughs> and Lang goes up and pushes Sharpton aside and just goes into a spiel, doesn't even correct him. Andrew Lang. <laughs> this guy's a piece of work. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. John, before we well, start... We have a few people to thank for Actually, show 1126. And starting with Michael Conti, $150. Says thanks for the entertainment and analysis. Sir Paul Knight of the Good Guys in Hudson Valley, New York. Uh, he says, John and I share our birthday 10 years apart. Uh, so we, he's got a birthday coming up too. Tony, my bum, bomb, my bomb, my bum, I think. My bum. Uh, $107. It's his birthday week too. Holy moly. Uh, 100, he says he's got 40 on the 40th. He added it up to 67 and 40. It's 107. Wrapping up my first term as our city commissioner. And I, might I say F, F5G after the FCC jammed it into any every municipality's brains. That's true. <laughs> That's true. John Robinet, $100. Anastasia Peroff, Anastasia. Uh, and she has some nasty things to say about PC Magazine, and I appreciate that. <laughs> that Baron Latikin, $100. Uh, Scott Porter, $100. I need some jobs karma. I'll give you that at the end. He misses the daily source code. Mm -hmm. Christopher Arnold. Arnold, Arnold, Christopher, Christopher Arnold, Arnold, 8888, Jacobina Kunin, 76. Kunin, 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 she's from the Netherlands, Rosmaland. Oh, so it'd be Kunin. Sir Got Nate in Sebastopol, California, 6969. Now, the following people are $67, well, $67 well wishers for my birthday, and there's quite a few of them. I'm going to go read them. Name and location, if there is a location, which... Shows up now and again on the spreadsheet. Starting with uh, Ivo or Evo, Ivo, Evo, Ivo, Welton, Gregory Zayachuk, Anonymous, Sir Makinowski in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Jim Watson, Whistler, oh, nice, Whistler, BC, Evan Burkhart, Eric Knoll, Baron Bob of High Point, A. Avarvari. In, you can pronounce this in <laughs> Dutch. Leitzendam. 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 Uh, which means the light, 
the, da- the dam. dam of Leiden. Yep. Uh, Robert Queerback. Uh, Queerback. Carl Salier. We have nobody with the name Jones, by the way, that ever listens to the show. <laughs> Sir Christoph, Baron of Buckeye in Buckeye, Arizona. Hylko Hylko Santima. Hylko Santima. Santima. That's it. Uh, everyone says anonymous. Another anonymous, Brian Sidorowicz, I think. Uh, Michael Barco in Salem, Oregon. Many happy returns. Uh, Todd Beeson, Jacob Honan, Bart Burton, Sir Troy Dale Thomas, Knight of Rivermark in Santa Clara, California. Now, Roland, Rolando Gonzalez, Alexander Sulzberger, David Wynn in Rockville Center, New York, Shane Lindholm, Arthur Gobbitz, Sir Arthur Gobbitz to you. Oh, that's right. Ryan Quick, John Adams, Gary Botkin, uh, Jason Zeisler in South Dakota, uh, Brent Bangtson, Robert Ballard, Brady Schroeder, uh, Sir Jan Leclerc in Luxembourg. He's on the birthday list. He's Sir... Quickajibu, uh, Quickajibu, something. Quickajibu, Quickajibu, Sir Quickajibu. Roger Worley in Carson, California. Sir Midnight of the Rivers in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Peter White, David Martinez, Nicholas Hanna, Joel, Brian, Sir Brian Warden, Gerald Preston, Sir John Knowles, the Baron of Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro in Tennessee. Sir Eric uh, V. M. Um, he's a producing. He's going to be a knight. He's going to be knighted today. Kevin of the Silver Dolphins and the Secret. Uh, he's Bites. actually getting a barony today. Oh, he's up- upgraded. Sir Eric BM. Yeah. Uh, Kevin of the Silver Dolphins and the Secret Bites. Robert Marsh, who I believe is a sir. Uh, James Callahan, Kimberly Lewis, Mark Hampton, Robert Bruckner, Matthew Janizewski, Sir Matthew in Chicago, Jan. Daniel Smith in Dayton, Ohio. Van Jackson, Brock Reinhold. Sir Alex, Knight of the Northern Launchpad. And that concludes our list of well-wishers and happy birthday sayers. Oh, and so nice. Every one of them are helping. This really helps the show quite a bit, I it, should add. It does. And and it also makes, it certainly makes me, me feel better. You know, whenever either of us get, gets a year older, I'm like, yeah, but it's another extra dollar in donations. <laughs> yeah, it does help. Uh, Sir Stephen McConnell, uh, 5813 from Cortland, Ohio. We follow up with Sir Tom Derry in DeForest, Wisconsin. Sir Selverin, uh, 5150. Uh, he needs some job karma. We'll put it at the end. He's tired of current gig. Looking to move on. Yo. Dame Tanya, the Viscountess of New York City. Uh, and she says, happy birthday to me. Thank you, Dame. Uh, Sir Trent Wabis. You silly Wabis. Uh... He's got something going on here. His brother's getting married on this coming show day. Oh. He mentioned Sir Trent Wabis would like to bless the wedding. Okay, we'll, we'll put this in. Bless the wedding of Joel and Pippa Wabis. And perhaps give them some wedding karma. Shout out to the thousands of dollars and the check is in the mail. 
whatever that means. Uh-huh. And finally, we have the $50 donors, name and location, starting with Scott E. Knight in Lost Wages, Nevada, Paul Van Cordelar in Imoden. 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 Uh, Villarreal, Villarreal, best name on the whole list always. <laughs> what a great <laughs> Villarreal. Villarreal, Mercedes, Texas. Matthew, Sir Matthew Janiszewski is again here from yeah. Chicago. Oh, Jeremy cool. Cartwright. So it's a combination. That's donation. very nice. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Oxenham in Knoxville, Tennessee. Bradley Ledden, parts unknown. Sir Brett Farrell in OK City, as far as we know. This is where his bank is. And Aichi Kitagawa. Over in San Francisco, I want to thank all these folks for helping us out on show 1126. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, thanks for the birthday coke. Yeah, that's really nice. That's super, super cool. Thank you, everybody. I know, and happy birthday, John, in advance. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank one, you. One day thank in advance. And this by is, the way, since the birthday's tomorrow, we can still take more birthday uh, commentary and donations on Sunday, and I will put that in the newsletter if you want. If you want. If you missed out, you can do it. Still do it. Uh, we really appreciate this kind of support. This is what keeps the show going. We have no advertisers. We take no money from any commercial interest, nowhere, no how, no way, anyway. We're a network of producers. That is you. You're not just listeners. You help produce the show. And many of you do that financially, which is the only way it can work to keep us gainfully employed while doing this, which is a full-time job. Now, we could do it differently. Uh, I prefer this method a lot more. It's a lot more exciting. I got a, someone gave me the rate card for Ben Shapiro's podcast. But not for his radio show, his podcast. For the his radio po- show, by the way, I believe would be cheaper. His uh, podcast. Yeah, okay. Uh, claims 850,000 plus downloads per episode. Claims, can't prove it. Uh, here's the little blurb. Tired of the lies? Tired of the spin? Are you ready to hear the hard-hitting truth in comprehensive, conservative, principled fashion? Fashion? The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know. So, he has four categories. Live read ad intro, live read ad first segment, second segment, and live read midway. 60 seconds. They're all live reads, 60 seconds. How much do you think it is? Well, at $850,000, I would say conservatively be at least $10 a thousand or uh, be $850 for 60 seconds. $25,500 for 60 seconds. So I'm calculating the value of these things, which is around $10 per thousand CPM, which is an advertising rate that's well known, which would come to $850. But he came up with what? 25500 so he's thinking, I mean, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but he's running at about a $75 a thousand, I'm guessing, something like that. $75,000 $75, a CPM is extremely high for radio. Yeah. And it's even but it's higher a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Well, first of all. Congratulations, Ben Shapiro, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Good. Congratulations. If you can take it. I, I I couldn't do it. I can't do this. I can't read. I mean, you, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it with a straight face. I can't sell it to myself. He can barely do it with a straight face. <laughs> Man, they sell everything on that. They 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 sell their email list. Do they? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what it is. Hold they on. have an email list. Yep. Well, I know the prices of that too. What Here, do they want for? How many people are on it? And what do they want for it? Four hundred thousand subscribers. Fifteen thousand dollars per send. 
Do they do segments? It uh, doesn't say. Probably not. Because no. what you'd want to do if you were, knew what you were doing, which I assume anyone doing email would do, the word no is you do a test. When right. You test of five to right. 10,000 people. You don't send out, you just go nuts and send 400,000 mailings but, out. But hold on. You can also do an endorsement on their conservative news list, which has 240,000 subscribers, and that's only 7,500%. It's Holy too high. Shit. These numbers are too high. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what they get for it, but that's what's in the media kit. Interesting, though. Well, they want they they think very highly of themselves. All those numbers are outrageous. <laughs> this is true. These numbers are outrageous. He, it's true. Congratulations, Ben. If that's what you're doing, I prefer to work with our network of producers. Much more exciting. Much more personal. And they produce the show. This is the best part about it. There's never an argument. If there's an argument, eventually we'll go away. That's how simple it is. But we won't because we'll be back on Sunday. Please remember us and support the work at Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. I have a special house-selling karma that was uh, due for Neil Carpenter. You've got karma. And for those who need it. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. have a list for today the 4th of april 2019 chris sir chris the drunkard minstrel and felix say happy birthday to kylie the keeper she's turning 52 uh, jack Genuso celebrates today tony Mybaum turns 40 today uh, then we have sir paul knight of the good guys who'll be celebrating his birthday tomorrow jean leclerc who will uh, celebrate his birthday on april 10th and we have a birthday made good sir mac and dame lauren say happy 30th birthday to Heidi and happy birthday to Sir Knight Don Cool from Joe Sharon in New Hampshire and finally happy birthday to my partner for the past 11 years John C. Dvorak the buzzkill turned 67 tomorrow happy birthday from everybody and all the producers at the best podcast in the universe it's your birthday, yeah. uh, we have a knighting so this is good we have a knighting actually we have a knighting and That's right, we have uh, Sir Eric VM, who is very happy that he becomes a baron today, so that means he could... Now, did he choose a protectorate? Did he... I didn't see that on the spreadsheet. Did he choose... Let me see. He is baron of the valley, so... Okay, so now you... Baron of the valley. There you go. Fantastic. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. And I would like to grip my sword. If you can get yours, we have... Uh... John, hello? Here you go. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I see. It. I see. I see. <laughs> Anonymous CPA, come on up, sir. Congratulations! Thanks to your uh, support of the No Agenda Show in the amount of one thousand dollars or more, you now join the illustrious and elusive group of the knights and dames at the No Agenda Roundtable. And I'm very proud to pronounce the Sir Off the Grid Lodge Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable for you, my friend. We have hookers and blow, red boys and chardonnay, single malt scotch, crawfish and cane breaks. We got parliaments and pale ale. We got rarebit meat and goat milk. Captain Morgans and women with questionable reputation. Geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, sparkling cider and escorts, ginger ale and gerbils, breast milk and pablum, and mutton and mead. 
You're the only one today, so there will be no waiting, no line. Go to noagendanation.com slash rings. Get Eric Schill all the information, and we'll get the rings out as soon as possible. There were a couple of night rings and dame rings being tweeted uh, over this past week. Love seeing that. Welcome, everybody. It's nice when you get the uh, the ring and the sealing wax and the official certificate. And, uh, and you can proudly say you are a member of the No Agenda Roundtable. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Just one of my pet peeves. Uh, airport delays across the country this morning after a technical glitch. A glitch! Shut up about the glitch! Hit several major airlines. The issue fixed, but the effect's still being felt out there. What are we learning now? Well, what we're learning is it was a Microsoft Silverlight upgrade. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> I don't know any of this. Yeah, there was um, the uh, the company that provides the weight and balance for um, uh, for aircraft companies. They had some. I think it was maybe it was an automatic upgrade. I don't know. Like Windows updated, and all of a sudden their .NET configuration didn't work with the new version of Silverlight. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're using it in, in this case, but all these um, uh, these uh, was it five or six different. Uh, the airlines, they used this one company. It was really only down for 40 minutes, but that was enough to cascade everything into, you know, a very painful experience for many. Glitch, which is called a glitch in the news. Here we'll actually explain what happened so you have some information. No, yeah, the mainstream you. is a glitch. They could have said that. Please. It's a glitch. I, uh, I got a great backgrounder from this uh, Council on Foreign Relations panel with uh, this woman, Amanda Sloat. She works also for the Brookings Institute. And I'm going to call her the Brexpert from now on. And she, in, I mean, it's, uh, it's, two, it's more than two minutes, but she explains exactly where we're at. Now, I know you probably have an update on Brexit from Democracy Now! What do you have? I have an update. Is, is it- I was thinking of combining, putting my upgrade. I, I don't think it's a, it's a very short piece. Okay. And I'm thinking of doing a clip blitz, which is something we haven't done for a while, as we start to wrap the show. Well, can I play the, the Brexit yeah, clip first? Yeah, I think you should just play this. I, I don't think it's going to make a difference. The British Parliamentary Speaker, John Burko, uh, has ruled that Theresa May could not bring this forward for a third meaningful vote if nothing substantive had changed from before. So what she attempted to do last week was to split the Brexit agreement into its two component parts and have just a vote on the withdrawal agreement, uh, which would have gotten the UK the automatic extension to May 22nd. She did that and it failed. Uh, So Parliament now has decided to do a series of indicative votes to try and narrow down the options and to see if it's possible to find any sort of majority in Parliament for anything. Uh, They held one series of indicative votes uh, earlier, which was defeated, and then they just held a second series of indicative votes, which also defeated. Uh, So as of now, there is still no majority in Parliament for any way forward. Interestingly, if you look at the indicative votes, a couple things are clear. One is Parliament does not support the UK leaving with no deal, but thus far Parliament has not been prepared to actually legislate against no deal. Uh, This could change this week. On Thursday, 
It looks like there is legislation being introduced this afternoon that would force Theresa May to request a long extension next week if it looks like the UK is otherwise going to crash out. Uh, Second, there has been the closest number of votes in terms of looking at a customs union. Uh, That option was only defeated by three votes uh, when this last round of indicative votes happened. Uh, So there, yesterday I guess it was. Uh, So that, that is the one that has the greatest amount of support. Uh, but that would see uh, the, the loss of the U.K.'s ability to negotiate free trade agreements to the extent that it wants, which was, of course, part of the impetus for Brexit in the first place. Uh, the one that has gotten the largest number of votes but still has been defeated is the prospect of having a second referendum. Uh, so what I think we are likely to see now in the next couple of days is a vote in Parliament on Thursday on whether to rule out no deal, at least in the form of requesting a long extension. Uh, I think on Monday we will probably see another series of indicative votes, and it is possible that the Prime Minister will bring her deal back for a uh, third meaningful attempt, assuming the the Speaker allows it. And then we'll have this European summit next Wednesday. Uh, So really, I think at at this stage, the only three options are crashing out with no deal on the 12th, uh, ratifying some sort of deal, and then likely getting a technical extension up until May 22nd to be able to implement. Or third, in my own sense, most likely, is a request for a long extension, although the UK will still need to be able to answer the question of what it will use that time to do, uh, either hold a new general election, uh, hold a second referendum, or continue to fight for for the foreseeable future about what they want this this Brexit to look like. Well, I think we're taking option B. Well, she's got a a good, uh, she says work ahead. She's got a job ahead of her working for Stratfor. (laughs) <laughs> with this sort of uh, droning analysis. Well, I yes. used to subscribe to that, you know, for the show. Yeah. Yeah. You see how many clips you I get out of none. Here's the Brexit summer. She's behind the times. Things have already happened. They already did the third vote, and it's under the fourth vote. And here's where we are now. This is play the Brexit summary democracy now. In Britain, Prime Minister Theresa May said Tuesday she'll ask European leaders for an additional Brexit extension after lawmakers failed to agree on either May's original deal negotiated with the EU or a series of alternative exit strategies. May said she would enter into discussions with Labour opposition leader Jeremy Corbyn to come up with a new joint proposal. Britain is currently scheduled to leave the European Union at the end of next week. Jeremy Corbyn better stay away from that. Corbyn, you know, is actually a pro-Brexit. Yeah, but she's trying to smear this uh, on him, bring him into it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This is a Mm. joke, but they're going to extend it again, and we're going to follow it as best we can. Uh, Until we can do another referendum. a lot of... (laughs) Sorry, it seems like a lot of wheels spinning. Until it's time for another referendum. We just keep on pushing. Well, it keeps getting mentioned, doesn't it? It does. Oh, yes, I have a follow-up for you. About Lyft and their IPO. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of people who drive or used to drive for these types of companies. Yeah. Uh, Adam, episode 1125, I have an update on Lyft. I live in San Francisco in the Richmond district. I talk with every Lyft driver I ride with. I enjoy learning about their hometowns, life before Lyft recommendations, etc. A lot of drivers were paid a bonus from Lyft to move to San Francisco. This happened in mid to late 2018 as Lyft had a shortage of drivers in San Francisco. Last month, Lyft cut pay for drivers in the Bay Area on average from 98 cents to 55 cents a mile in preparation for the IPO. 
Over a dozen drivers have confirmed this ridiculous pay cut as Lyft makes a desperate attempt to look profitable on paper. And, uh, and the, 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 the emails about this just goes on and on. So totally scam alert. Massive scam alert. Uh, scam I, alert. I wanted to. You, all you investors out there, scam alert. I, want, I think I sh- we, have a, we play a silly game on a DH Unplugged show, and I put Lyft as a short. Uh, here, I talked about the, the election in Chicago. Yes. Uh, they elected a black lesbian as mayor of Chicago, kind of representing uh, the lesbian and blacks in the city. Can I just say they, something? Can yeah. I just say something? Yeah. I have heard every uh, person in Chicago on the news say, we, erect, we elected a lesbian! I'm like, why yeah. does that matter? I, I, well, she's the one who been she promoted it. Well, I think that's bullshit. Well, it might be bullshit, but that's how she got elected. Now, she ran against another woman. I have a mea culpa. I put the picture of the opponent in the newsletter and not the picture of this woman who won. <laughs> they look the same. That's the most racist thing you've said in a fucking year. No, they look the same. <laughs> They're middle-aged black women of a certain age, and they got the same haircut. One's a little grayer than the other. And from a distance, which is is a distance shot, she's walking a dog, they look the same. And so I screwed up. Okay. So, And I I apologize for that huge blunder. Um, There are so many interesting ties with this woman. She's, she, you know who she mentored? Kim Fox. Kim Fox. Oh, hmm. t- this Jussie Smollett thing has so many weird ties to it. Avenatti's tied into it. There's all kinds of nut stuff going on. And now the new mayor is tied into it. And by the way, she's no lightweight. This is a serious kick-ass person. Oh, this, yeah. This woman, she is. I agree. She, she runs the the police board. I mean, you got to be. This is a new sheriff in town. I'm very curious to see what she's doing. You know, Tina's from Chicago. She's like, I hope she cleans this shit up in Chicago. Well, looking at her policies, doubtful. She's extremely I doubt it progressive. Too, but I think she's going to make a big. Uh, she's going to make a big splash. Like those, or something. I'm cleaning things up, and you keep talking about it. Trump does this. Yeah. Uh, you you keep talking about it, hoping it, that it actually something happens. I, I'm not convinced that she's going to clean anything up, but no. she's definitely a kick-ass person. But let's listen to the report that I have, so we at least know something. Uh, and this, I believe, is from Demo- Democracy Now! It's the Chicago election. And Chicago voters made history Tuesday night by electing the city's first African-American woman as mayor. She'll also be the city's first openly gay mayor. Lori Lightfoot won a landslide victory, beating her opponent, Tony Preckwinkle, in a runoff vote by more than 47. Lightfoot versus Preckwinkle. Isn't that great? What kind of names are they promoting there in Chicago? (laughs) Lightfoot Preckwinkle? Anyway, I made the mistake of thinking Preckwinkle was Lightfoot. Percentage points. Lightfoot's a newcomer to electoral politics. She previously worked as a federal prosecutor. In 2015, now outgoing Mayor Rahm Emanuel appointed her to head the Chicago Police Board. She was also chair of the Police Accountability Task Force in 2016, which issued a damning report after the police killing of African-American teenager Laquan McDonald. Part of her mayoral campaign focused on ousting Chicago's political machine. This is Lightfoot addressing her support supporters in her victory speech. Together, we can and will finally put the interests of our people, all 
of our people ahead of the interests of a powerful few. Together, we can and will make Chicago a place where your zip code doesn't determine your destiny. She oh, has really? the cadence of one, and I pointed this out before. I unfortunately haven't put a package together to exemplify it, but she has that Obama female oh, sure. staffer cadence that was, you know, that Susan Rice had, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. these different women that worked in in the White House under their Obama administration. It is a specific cadence, and she's got it. She's an Obamaite. Well, the number one thing I feel she should do, and Chicago's not my city, but she'd probably work on some of the gun crime. You know, people killing each already, other. They, they're, there's, Chicago is the strictest gun laws in the country. Oh, I didn't say do it with gun laws. You got to do something because there's people killing each other. The guns, not the people are killing each other. And that's what people she needs to focus people. on. Well, I don't know. I don't think she's going to get anything accomplished. But I, I, I looked at she's her. She's got that Obama style. She is part of that. Whatever the Obama thing is, she is an element of it. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, her her values are all progressive. Her agenda is um, more money for education, which I'm not against it. But, oh, man, there's a lot. A lot has happened in Chicago with charter schools kicking out public schools. Does that mean more charter schools? More pipelines to Cisco, who are right there. They've got this. You know, I'm not totally against, by the way, but just just so we know what we're talking about. I don't think it's about public school. Um, more gun laws, whatever more you can do in uh, in Chicago. And uh, well, she has an LGBTQ agenda. Um, we'll see. You know, prosperity for all. But I think you got to tackle what's why are people killing each other? Let's start with that. Easy for me to say here in Austin. Yeah, it is easy for you to say. It's easy for anybody to say. It's another no agenda. All right, here we go. We're going to do a clip blitz, a bunch of quick clips to catch us us up with what really is important. Algeria update. In Algeria, President Abdelaziz Bouteflika resigned with immediate effect Tuesday, one day after he announced he would resign by the end of his current term at the end of April and shortly after military leaders called for an immediate declaration that he was no longer fit to serve. He's rarely been seen in public since suffering a stroke in 2013. Algerians have been organizing mass protests for weeks, demanding he step down, as well as an overhaul to the current political system. Red 33! Ebola update. In the Democratic Republic of Congo, the U.N.'s warning the ongoing Ebola outbreak is spreading at its fastest rate since it was first detected, with over a 1,000 cases identified and an estimated death toll of 680 people. It's now the second deadliest Ebola outbreak in history. Medical workers say their efforts to stem the spread of the disease have been hampered by fighting between government forces and rebels, as well as widespread public mistrust that has led to attacks on treatment centers. This is World Health Organization spokesperson Christian Lindemeyer. It's a mix of reasons why uh, we think these cases have increased. Access is one of them. And of course, uh, the trust in the people is of high importance. Community outreach is so important to make sure that everybody knows how to seek help. It's another no agenda. Uh, a Maduro update from a democracy now. Pro- in Venezuela, the guy. Uh, 
progressive perspectives. In Venezuela, the government of President Nicolas Maduro has stripped opposition leader, self-proclaimed President Juan Guaido, of parliamentary immunity as Venezuela's leadership crisis deepens. The measure would allow for authorities to arrest and try Guaido. He's vowed to keep fighting Maduro's leadership, calling the move cowardly. Guaido previously defied a travel ban imposed by the Maduro government, touring several Latin American countries to garner support for his efforts to oust Maduro and take over the presidency. I want, let me let me slip one in here. Red thirty three. Border crisis. Avocados. Tonight, the deep impact on the border. The ripple effect for American families and businesses if President Trump follows through on his threat to shut down ports of entry with Mexico, from beer and wine to fruits and vegetables. The estimates are that if the border closes, we run out of avocados here in the U.S. within three weeks. Red 33. A Trump and dad's birthplace. At an Oval Office meeting with NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg on Tuesday, President Trump falsely claimed once again that his father was born in Germany. Germany, honestly, is not paying their fair share. I have great respect for Angela, and I have great respect for the country. My father is German, right? Was German. And uh, born in a, a very wonderful place in Germany. Fred Trump was, in fact, born in the Bronx in New York City. It was not the first time Trump made the claim. He made the comments as he once again accused Germany and other NATO members of paying less than their fair share of military costs. All right, stop the blitz. What is, go- stopping it. What is going on with Trump and his dad? What is this? this? Is, I, I, because of this clip, which really, you think the mainstream media would go after him on this, but they don't. Uh, only Democracy Now! does. And I want to thank Amy Goodman and Democracy Now! for all those clips. But this particular clip, which they do play a lot, or they try to, they, they hound Trump about different things. I went and started looking around, trying to find something. I wanted to find this particular clip, too, to see if he said something else, like maybe because maybe his grandfather was born in Germany, which I think is likely. And he was talking about his grand his grandfather all the time and just right. made a mistake of saying his father. That could happen. And now he just you know, now, he, now he just throws it in a couple more times just to make everyone crazy. I don't believe so. I mean, because it doesn't make anybody crazy except democracy now. But I have to say that it 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 is a little much. <laughs> I agree with you. It's like what? Why is he doing this? What is going on? <laughs> if, especially if this is the second time he's done it. Yeah, that's that. That's why I'm like, the first uh, time okay. you say, "Well, he flubbed." Mm. So mm. I don't know. I'm I, now I'm I'm doing a Trump's dad watch thing to see what <laughs> what the hell's going on with his dad being born in Germany bullshit when he was born in the Bronx. Well, maybe his real dad was. Hey, you know, could be. Oh, I could have added this to the clip blitz. The uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is uh, on once again. Now, these used to be great back in the day, and when I, when I finish my book, you'll be able to read about it. Uh, these were fantastic dinners. They were $1,000 a plate. Um, usually, I, would, well, I had money back then, but usually it would be sponsored like a record company or someone. Hey, join us at our table. And it would be, I mean, this is when Phil Spector was still out in public, and, uh, and you know, all the Stones were all, were all wearing tuxedos. It was a big farce. The chicken was horrible. But it was really raucous. It was not televised. Chicken was, it was for a thousand bucks. You should get decent chicken. Waldorf, yeah, Waldorf Astoria, and they've never had a decent chicken. 
Um, but it was un, you know, it was uh, an industry thing. It was you, 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 whatever happened at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction dinner, you don't talk about it. And it, you know, it was not, it was never televised. Rarely, I mean, a couple pictures. This is also pre selfies, etc. Now, of course, we also have interesting people being inducted as we run out of rock and rollers. The Cure, who I like a lot. I like Robert Smith. I like the whole band. I've known them since 1981. Uh, he's, he's a really old, fat-looking dude with the same haircut. But um, this whole show has changed. It's produced by guys who used to be at MTV, and now it's a, it's a really hypey thing. Oh, my God, it's fantastic. Rock and roll of fame. And it's broadcast, and it's just a shit show. And here's Robert Smith arriving uh, and uh, he's about to be interviewed. It's so nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those guys. From the sounds sound of, of it, no. no. I would agree. He's pretty hard. <laughs> it's hard to be as excited as she was. <laughs> and then my final clip. This was um, CNN International, Christiana Amanpour, the elite Christiana Amanpour, Amanpour, the Council on Foreign Relations. She's interviewing Jim Comey. And then she asks him a question, which he answers correctly. But it just shows you the thinking of people at the Council on Foreign Relations, the upper echelons of... I mean, Christiana Amanpour, is she not considered... A top-notch journalist, a real journo, is she? Well, I'm asking you: is is, is she not considered a top? I think she's considered a television personality more than anything. Oh, but she, but she's someone who understands the world. She she talks to world uh, leaders. Uh, well, she does that. She does that. She Listen, talks to world leaders. You got that right. So she's asking Comey, former FBI director, about um, the lock her up chance that were prevalent during the Trump rallies on the campaign? Here's her question. Yeah, they still show up. I've got one one question because you just said lock her up um, uh, or lock me up. Of course, lock her up was a feature of the 2016 um, Trump campaign. Do you, in retrospect, wish that people like yourself, the head of the FBI, I mean, the people in charge of law and order had shut down that language, that it was dangerous potentially, that it could have created violence, that it's kind of hate speech should that have been allowed that's not a role for government to play can you believe that question wow the <laughs> yeah whatever comey says is it, it, not important that question <laughs> that question is very disturbing coming from an elitist journal on television shouldn't we, should, council should, on foreign relations that's what she's reflecting there yeah shouldn't this you is just the shut that down? reflection that's i have it. some clips i'll bring to the next show okay of steve bannon giving a speech in uh, hokkaido mm-hmm. and he goes on about a number of different things uh including the chinese and what they're really up to and it and and he talks about uh, she go at Davos when Trump was giving his inauguration. She was at Davos, mm-hmm. and he gave this speech, according to Bannon, outlining the most horrible takeover of the world by China and how they're going to do it. He says, and then he outlines some of it in the speech, which I'll make a clip of, and people should look this up. Uh, Steve Bannon Hokkaido speech, and he. 
And after the speech, she is telling about how China is going to take over and how globalism is great and how China is going to run the whole thing and we're all going to be vassal states. He says the audience gives him a standing O. <laughs> yes, of course. This doesn't surprise us. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, this is what we're dealing with, people. All right. Well, we'll look forward to those clips. We will return with you on Sunday. I'm bringing you another episode of the No Agenda podcast show where we speak truth to podcasters. <laughs> Coming to you from downtown Austin, Texas, capital of the Drone Star State. This is FEMA region number six. If you want to locate it on the governmental maps in the 5x9 Cludio in the common law condo in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where Rain continues in California, where there nobody's even mentioning the word drought anymore. I'm John C. Dvorak. Uh, we'll return on Sunday. Until then, remember us at dvorak.org slash NA. Special thanks to our end-of-show mixers, Microwave Wet Beach Towel, uh, Leo LePuke, and Sir Seat Sitter. And on the stream, stay tuned for Nick the Rats, uh, episode 172. As he comes to you from the sewer, that's at noagendastream.com. Until Sunday, everybody, adios, mofos, and such! In the summertime, when the weather is hot, you can stretch right out and find you a spot. In the summertime, you got dookie, you got pooping on your mind. So defend on down, push it out and see what people find. If your stool is hard, it'll roll down a hill. If your stool is loose, just do what you feel. Crap along the lane, blast a sidewalk, or just go behind the car. When the sun goes down, we all know that pooping is what streets are for. Sing along with us, beep, 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 beep. Doody, coody, doo, yeah, we'll grab that beat. Doo, 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 beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 Bring your poop map, or in San Francisco you won't get too far. I'm the least qualified man here tonight. Thank you. I love Joe Biden. Joe O'Biden. He's a, a little overly familiar. Joe is a hands-on kind of guy. You know who else is a hands-on kind of guy? Harvey Weinstein. He loves to make people feel comfortable. Joe Biden put his hands on my shoulders, smell my hair, and then plant a slow kiss on the top of my head. Won't that be fun? I felt invaded. This is vintage Joe Biden. If you Google or being creepy Joe, there are all kinds of videos and photos out there of Joe inappropriately touching and sniffing and bawling. It's just creepy. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Creepy Uncle Joe or Creepy Biden, endless images of him being inappropriate. I don't want Joe to stop doing that. Every single woman has a fundamental right to live her life free of violence. No man has a right to touch her. Period. 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 I'm Joe effing Biden. I can do things other people can't. Were it not for double standards, liberals would have no standards at all. Yes, I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. It's just creepy. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Nice fabric. The collusion delusion is over. <laughs> 
think they're just scared of cats. They just don't know what to do. So they have to make an attack. Shameful, sad, irresponsible. Adam Schiff. Congressman Schiff. Congressman Schiff. Chairman Schiff. Adam Schiff. Congressman Schiff, you could say, uh, has been full of Schiff. And this guy is so boring, he dies as Easter eggs and white. And just think how horrible it's got to be to sit in the same room with Adam Schiff every day, day after day. <laughs> Total exoneration. It, I mean, it just must smell like shit. Complete vindication. No collusion. No obstruction. That wasn't true. That wasn't true. Flush it. It's true. That's just what you need to do to win. And that's what we got. If it's Schiff, flush it. That's true. You know, I could have told you that two and a half years ago. What do you think happens without Schiff? I don't think that's an important question. I can't comment. I don't want to comment at this point. It's their own insecurity. Dark of night, speed of light, they did the wrong thing. The Russians will be back. They've never left. I'm so proud of the work of Chairman Adam Schiff. But we do know this. The Russians offered help, the campaign accepted help, the Russians gave help, and the president made full use of that help. They're absolutely right that he should resign. Adam Schiff is a disgrace. The best podcast in the universe. Mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A. They've elected us a king. 